is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Now, if you're on our updates list at updates.freetalklive.com, you got an update earlier this week about an appearance that I had on the Gardner Goldsmith Show. We have Gardner on our program on a weekly basis when he can make it out here because he has to drive for an hour and a half to get here because he lives over in uh, Manchester area in New Hampshire. But when he can come out, it certainly is great. We love having him on the program. So uh, from time to time, Gardner actually has uh, the reverse happen. He has... Uh, one of us on his show, for instance. And uh, so this past week that actually occurred. I believe it was on Tuesday or Wednesday. And then they fired him. Gardner Goldsmith is on the line with us. Uh, Gard, are you there, sir? Yes, Ian. I hope you don't get fired. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, Gardner, you haven't been in radio unless you've been fired, you know. Well, and he's been fired three times now, right? Well, That's know. right. That's right, yes. And thank you very much, guys, for letting me come on. And, uh, Ian, it was like that. Right after you and I spoke, we had uh, one other guest on, and then, boom, the general manager came in and gave me the bad news. And, I, uh, you know, I want to get into the reasoning for this, but for before we do, and the reason, of course, I want to talk about this, uh, period, is twofold. Number one, obviously, our listeners really care about you. And, and number two, it's kind of evidence of what can happen to somebody in the media business who has the viewpoint that we do. But um, first, I want to talk about our the interview that you had with me. During the interview, or rather after the interview, I talked to you off the air, and I told you I was really concerned by what you had said about Free Talk Live on the air. And I I still believe that it was that interview that was like the last straw that, that broke the camel's back. Uh, and yeah. I didn't want to call you out on the air because I didn't want to... It's not your show. It's not my show. I didn't want to one-up you, you or something. What what he had said was, uh, you know, Free Talk Live's great listen at, from 7 to 10, Monday through Saturday. Right, right. So Free essentially, essentially uh, you had told your, the, your listeners to tune out from your radio station and go listen to Free Talk Live, which, you know, I really appreciate and all, but at the same time, I could understand from the perspective of a general yep. manager that, whoa, what's this guy doing? And so normally you would just say, oh, it's Ian from Free Talk Live. Go to freetalklive.com and that that would be enough to sort of lead those few listeners that might be interested in learning more to, to go f- the path that they can uh, go on in order to find it. And so I felt like that could have been uh, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. You assured me this had been in the works for a long time. What was it management told you about their reasons, allegedly, for giving you the, the axe? Well, uh, the general manager, Jim, of WTPL, uh, he's also now, like, the vice president, uh, nice guy, you know, uh, friendly guys, and, you know, I leave with no acrimony or anything. Um, uh, he came in and he said, geez, you know, this is really difficult. And the rationale that he gave is that my show was too controversial and it was too intellectual. And he said, let me give you an example, Guard, and people have gone to the Liberty Conspiracy site have probably seen how I, I wrote it out. Uh, what he said. He said, uh, for about a week, the morning team uh, was dealing with a a more sensitive, controversial issue that was, you know, sort of abstract. It was about the death tax. And they thought it was an important deal, you know, this tax issue. I mean, not the death tax, the view tax. Mm -hmm. And it has to do with how the the localities in New Hampshire are starting to try to uh, jack up your local property taxes because uh, you've got a nice view. So he said, they try to hit this thing for a week, guard, and then on the end of the week, Friday, 
They switched over, and they said, hey, who's got the best coleslaw in the area? And the phones lit up. They hadn't gotten any calls on the, on the view tax, but they lit up on the coleslaw. He says, that's what you're running into. And, he, you know, whether he was buttering me up or not, he said, you yeah. know, I really think that your program is just can't work in a rural setting like this. It's well, something that you've got to have in a larger metropolitan area. I, I, like, well, I understand where he's coming from on this one, and you, but you, you can't mistake calls for listeners. You just yeah, can't you do it there. ever. Because, yeah, if you ask somebody a question like, well, where's the best coleslaw, just about everybody can come up with an answer for that. Sure. But if you ask people about what, what should we do about this AIG insurance bailout, not everybody has a coherent answer. They know they're going to sound stupid on the radio, so they don't call in. It's Thank a, goodness. It's uh, really, yeah. and he was being a nice guy, and I'm sure he's a nice guy. I don't know. I've never talked to him, but I'm taking your word for it, and certainly you don't want to be mean when you're firing somebody. Well, <laughs> so, you know, this couldn't have come at a worse time either. Uh, here really? at this week, when the federal government is turning an already steamy, seedy, awful mess that they created in the financial markets upside down, the biggest bailout in yeah. U.S. history coming with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and then AIG, of uh, these types of things, and, and you led me perfectly into it, Ian, I can't believe that I can't get on the air to express the idea that government has screwed up the market so much to actually let people understand what free market economics really stands for, because it's at a time now when everybody's saying capitalism failed, and I can't speak about well, it. Well, I know it's a frustrating feeling. I've been there before, but I know that there's some good news you're going to have to announce, and you've already announced it, so you'll be able to announce it here on Free Talk Live. We'll get to the good news here in a moment. Got to build up uh, that right. tension. But I want to trash on your uh, your boss for a moment. God, real what quick are you here. doing? Uh, because... Look, uh, he was being a nice guy, and the guy obviously doesn't know what the hell he's talking about when it comes to radio, good radio, as Mark pointed out. Well, controversy, because, I, I totally agree with you in that area. Controversy is good radio. The, the, I just wanted yeah. to talk about the, his claim that, uh, the, you know, that your, your topics aren't wide-reaching enough to get participation. Uh, the idea that because phones aren't ringing is, uh, means you're a bad show is fallacious. Right. Bring a psychic in, and you'll get the phones running off the hook. Sure. Sure. The show sucks. If you have some lady, some lady who uh, tells you what kind of personality you have by what your favorite color is, people are going to be calling in and saying, "Well, I really like mauve. What's that say about yep. me? Can you well, give me yep. my reading?" <clears throat> I'm, I, I personally am a chartreuse man. Well, yeah. it's obviously you're a latent homosexual, it goes on sir. And on. You know, I mean, those kind of things. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. Yeah. what you, is you that? You can bring a psychic in and fill an hour with phone calls. So the fact that the phones aren't ringing off the hook is in no way an indicator of a good radio show. And if this guy doesn't know that, what the hell is he doing as a general manager of a talk radio station? Now, this is well, the same organization, by the way, that went and flipped a, talk, a, a station to talk in the Upper Valley in New Hampshire. They were planning on flipping a station to talk here in the Keene area. And then six months into flipping the one up in the Upper Valley to talk, they changed their minds and go in a different direction. They're now going in a different well, direction <laughs> in Keene. These people have no idea what it is. That I'm they, willing, they're I'm throwing willing to go crap up against no, the no, wall to see if it's I, 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 understand, I understand that, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm willing to go with you as far as callers don't mean listeners. However, you know, the, uh, the, bailing on the talk format after six months—that's not how you do it. The free market works perfectly, does it not? Um, these people are part of the it's market. Better they're, than the government. They're deciding. They're deciding um, what's best for them Before and what they need to do. Stop there. You know, you and I know this is not a free market that we're talking about, Mark. This is a res heavily restricted uh, radio marketplace. Every every player in the marketplace is government approved and these people don't know what real competition is they don't know and, what it is 
And and guys, yeah, you know, just to lay it out for you, uh, let me let me give you uh, from from the initial question that you had, Ian, and and your thoughts about uh, our conversation uh, regarding Free Talk Live. When I mentioned Free Talk Live on the air, uh, typically I do only mention the website, and I say, you know, go to the website and you can find out more. In this one instance, I think twice I mentioned uh, the website and that you guys are on six nights a week or something like that. Uh, and one of the things, um, you know, I I understand your position on it. Uh, one of the things that I'd love to lay out for you, and I really appreciate this opportunity to be able to speak to the audience, because um, it's it's very frustrating when you have these ideas and these positions, and you're on in a, in a local market. Uh, what I think part of the problem was that they he explained to me, the general manager explained to me, he had already spoken with the programming director earlier in the day, mm-hmm. and that he was aware of it. Okay, so that doesn't make me worry that I might have screwed anything up with you, Ian, and mentioning Free Talk Live on our on our program. So, you know, maybe he was just trying to say that, but I think he would have told me, like, hey, you just you couldn't do that, man. That was the last straw. This is a good um, point. Yeah, I think you're right yeah. about that. It was just, you know, that's just me thinking, oh, gosh, Gardner, it was, you oh, know, I just yeah, felt like I it was. I appreciate that. But I mean, maybe, you know, really maybe thoughtful. maybe you felt it coming, and that was why you gave that really, really good Free Talk Live plug there at the end. Maybe you <laughs> sort of knew it was well, coming. Well, one of the problems that I had run into, at the station was that um, I, I had been told by another uh, person in the higher up that um, I had to cut back a little bit on uh, digging in on some of the local politics. I want to get to that. That's where I wanted to go next, the politician angle. Can you stay for a bit? Oh, I love it. We're going to hang on to you. Hang on, Gardner. More on the way with uh, LG Grande, Gardner Goldsmith, our sometime third man on the show, and now independent in the talk radio world, coming back with more Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Lots to discuss tonight here, but starting out with special guest who normally is in the studio with us, but he's got things to do, and uh, we've got uh, Julia coming on the show a little bit later tonight. So we've got him on the phone lines for now, although I'm sure inevitably you, you're still going to keep coming in and do Free Talk Live, right, Card? Oh, man, I wouldn't miss it, Ian. Okay, Absolutely. good deal. Absolutely. Good deal. You guys are the best. And, you know, I, I just got to tell you, you have a great skill, both of you guys, to be able to get right into a story right at the start of something and present something that, I got to tell you, it was, uh, quite dramatic and t- quite shocking when they came and they shut down my show. And that was the first thing. The first thing that popped into my mind was, uh-oh, I wonder if I blew it mentioning Free Talk Live. After that, I was reassured, but it could not have come at a worse time. We were starting to build with all the listeners. We got so many people going over to Liberty Conspiracy. And right now, I can't believe that in New Hampshire, they're not going to have a broadcast voice Monday through Friday you know, whether it's me or somebody else, somebody's yeah. got to say this stuff, and I, I'm very disappointed. Well, but... you know, somebody still can say it. I know that there are a lot of your fans out there in the Manchester, Concord area in New Hampshire, and it's time that maybe the fans picked up the phones and just started barraging the whatever local shows there are with liberty-oriented uh, viewpoints. We do that out here in Keene. There is a, uh, there's kind of a Politico show on sa- Saturday morning called Talkback. And if you go to freekeen.com, you can actually listen to some of the, uh, the calls, because I'll sit here in my studio and I'll record. 
record what's coming uh, off the air, and we'll have liberty activists calling this show and giving the liberty viewpoint. So it's not necessarily that the, the viewpoint can, is totally gone without you, but it's up to the listeners at this point to pick up the ball. It's hard. And, it, it, it's it, it's easier to have a host that has um, plenty of time to explain. No, I understand that. That obviously would be ideal to have you back on the air, but I'm just saying yep. there's there is a way to get the viewpoint out, but it's up to them to to, uh, to make those moves. Let's continue discussing, and we'll get to the good news about what's going on with you here in yep. moments, but let's continue discussing the reasons uh, about why management there at WTPL uh, wanted to take you off the air. And I think this is instructive not only to let our listeners know what happened with you, but also to those of them who might be interested in doing some media themselves. Because I know, Guard, that you would be pleased to hear about another liberty-oriented person getting that, you know, getting a gig. Even if it wasn't you, you'd be pleased to know that somebody was on the air somewhere in New Hampshire five days a week. So Absolutely. We'd Absolutely. love to have more people come here and get competitive in you know the radio business or start putting out podcasts or, or whatever. So the more the merrier. So this could be instructive because, as you said, Mark, when we started this conversation, if you haven't been fired in radio, you haven't been in radio. I mean, it's just and, and, it's part and, and of you know, guys. Well, I was going to say, you know, guys, you guys, you know how it is when you are not your own boss, when you have yeah. thoughts and uh, intellectual uh, perceptions principles that are long tested in the freedom world and you can't express those things for fear sometimes of running into problems now what i decided to do when i was on the air is i said you know what for as long as i'm in here i'm not going to fall prey to that i'm going to just say what i have to say and do what i have to do and at a certain point i started running into problems um, not not strong problems. The management wasn't too bad, but I started to hear, you know, why why do you have to hit these people so hard? Mm. Uh, former Governor Gene Shaheen, who's a hardcore Marxist and just an absolute absolute witch right. to, to know personally, just a jerk. Um, you know, why why do you have to hit this person? Uh, well, uh, maybe because she's destroying people's lives, and I have <laughs> to say the truth. I I would get phone calls sometimes right. from the assistance to people like John McCain and Barack Obama, and they would say, um, you know, you could have so-and-so on your show who's an mm. assistant here. Um, he's sort of a, a, a speaker for McCain, and he'll be coming in a couple months, and we might be able to get him on, which is just a teaser. In other words, if you're very nice to this guy, mm. then maybe you could get the big name, and it would attract, attract all these listeners. And I'd say to myself, listen, why? And I would tell these guys, I said, Listen, I cannot change the way that I have to uh, address these people because right. people listening to this program deserve to have me maintain standards that they would want to maintain. And so I can't play easy on these guys. And so, of course, I'm not going to get the big name, and that seems to be the fear of the management that, oh, you can't get the big name. Well, if I can't get the big name then who cares? I wouldn't be able to ask him any tough questions anyway. Well, wasn't there also a financial factor, like management felt as though they were missing out on political ad dollars as a result of uh, you actually giving, you know, asking the tough questions? I have to say that I, I haven't heard a lot of your interviews with politicians, but I, you, it's not like you're rude or anything like that. You're, you're... No, that's right. That's absolutely right. And, and that's, that's what it all comes down to is in a small market like this, you get sort of trapped because – even if you're not hitting on local politicians, when in New Hampshire, when we have presidential candidates, the local politicians are connected to the national politicians. So if you're talking about national stories, as I have been over the past number of months, mainly, except for only a couple of things, because the New Hampshire legislature is not in session right now, then I'm still alienating the 
the local politician who's the head of the elect McCain campaign. Right, so basically, here's what I think was going on. I think you suggested this to me earlier this week when we talked off the air, but it sounds like what was going on is if you were trashing on McCain or Obama on the air, which I'm sure you were happily doing, uh, trashing on these guys, then essentially Democrat, Republican, uh, the the movers and shakers probably came in to talk to the management at your station and said, hey, look, you know, do you wonder why you're not getting the the, the ad dollars you got two or four years ago? Well, it's because you got this Gardner Goldsmith on. He's trashing our guy on the air. You know, we're going to go across town to the other radio station and buy all our ads from them unless you do something about it. And, you know, even though political advertising is once every four years or, or t- I guess two years in local races, but even though it's once every few years, that may have been enough to just sway these managers to say, oh, crap, you know, that's money. It's money off the table. We can get uh, some other guy to host the show who will fall in line. Uh, let's get rid of this guy, Gardner Goldsmith guy. You know, you know, I think you're right to a very large extent, and I have to say that the management—they're—they're um, they're very nice guys, and they—they got to operate by their bottom line. So I got nothing held against them. Um, but I think that is a major part of it. And as, uh, in addition to that, uh, one of the key things I tried to do on my program was the educational facet of it, of political economics, people understanding free market economics, the ethical side of leaving your neighbor alone. The idea of volunteerism, of people being able to work together and getting government out of it, and economic history, showing people what has happened in the past. And I think for those guys, that was very different, and they didn't quite like that too much. They wanted me to talk about other things, you know, what's the latest going on in Hollywood, or yeah. can you get somebody on talking about a, a, a new novel or something. And I, w- I would enjoy that fully, no problem. But at times like this, you've got to go full bore. You've got to hit these stories. Absolutely. And, you know, what can you say? Um, it's disappointing at this time, and I understand the way the dominoes fall. It fell very dramatically on Wednesday, Ian, and it was very interesting because I called you right after it happened. And uh, you were the first guy I talked to. That's and... not true. You talked to Manuel Laura from uh, LouRockwell.com. Oh, that's right. And Manuel, I called you. That's right, because you called me. Yeah, you <laughs> called me at about 10 minutes of 7. That's right, because I wasn't sure if I could call you. I should call you before the show. Sorry, Gar, do you have that. another segment? Right. Oh, I love it. I'm yeah. going to bring you back. Hang on, dude. 800-259-9231. Comment for Gardner Goldsmith. You're welcome to get on the line here. 1-800-259-9231. He is going to stay on the air, so to speak. Uh, not the radio waves, at least not for now. But there's a good announcement coming here. We'll get to that here in moments. Go to libertyconspiracy.com. It's his website, and we'll tell you what Guard's up to here in a moment. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial toll-free to 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free. So enjoy those on us, and they include the archives. We've got an entire year's worth of the show right there, front page of the website, for your downloading convenience at freetalklive.com. And join us here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. In fact, the Free State Project has a neat little event going on next year in uh, early March. It's called the Liberty Forum. 
and we want you to go there because it's going to be the place to be in regards to meeting all of these wonderful activists that we have here in New Hampshire. Uh, People like Gardner Goldsmith are at the Liberty Forum. Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live inevitably from the Liberty Forum, and hundreds of people are going to be there milling about, learning things, brainstorming together, maybe doing a little bit of partying uh, together as well. I I think that's a given. Yeah, and there are going to be some fantastic speakers, which uh, I don't have a list in front of me right now, but I need to write them down because they're already starting to add up. Uh, Our buddy Mark Stevens, actually, is going to be there this year for the very first time. I think Ethan Nadelman from the Drug Policy Alliance. And I'll give you a a list of uh, some of the speakers here in a little bit. But one of the things that you need, one of the things you need to know is the discount code. Uh, First and foremost, the... The Liberty Forum is discounted for early birds right now. So if you go now to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum, you can get signed up for 199 bucks for the entire weekend discounted. But if you use the special discount code of 2009FTL, that's all one word, 2009FTL, you will get an extra special 10% discount off of the already low, low rates. So go and get signed up for the Free State Project's Liberty Forum and we will see you there because it it is going to be a good time. I got uh, John Taylor Gatto, author, oh, that's big. Um, yeah, author of numerous books, including "Dumbing Down: The Hidden Curriculum of Compulsory Schooling." Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Stevens, uh, Angela Keaton from Antiwar dot com. Um, good picture of her too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gary uh, Franchi, a director of the Restore um, Restore the Republic. Uh, Matt Simon, of course, from the uh, NH Common Sense uh, Marijuana Policy. Pro- uh, Marijuana Policy, Will Buchanan from the Walk for Liberty. Uh, quite a few. We love Will Buchanan, yeah. so definitely be out there. Uh, it's going to be the place to be. It's going to be the Liberty event of the first half of 2009. The second Liberty event is, of course, the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, which we'll tell you more about later next year. All right, let's get back to Gardner Goldsmith. Uh, we'll get to your calls here shortly. Unless you've got one for Gard, in which case we'll get you on here real quick. But Gardner Goldsmith, uh, he comes on the show with us once a week, basically, on Free Talk Live. Used to have his own five-day-a-week talk show uh, in Concord until they gave him the axe earlier this week. Some of the alleged reasons were that he was too intellectual for the audience and also that uh, they just allegedly couldn't sell the show uh, because it was too controversial or he wasn't being nice enough to the politicians and uh, the politicians were perhaps withholding their very much wanted political ad dollars. I mean, radio stations love getting those political ad dollars because it's just, it's like guaranteed money every four years. And so that might have been some of the things that contributed to uh, taking him off the air. But you're not off the air forever as far as if you count the Internet as the air. Guard, what's your plan? All right. Well, Ian, uh, you know, you're right. The axe came down. Uh, I had an image of uh, Jack Nicholson's head poking through the door that he uh, split in, in The Shining saying, here's Johnny at the end of it after you just mentioned that and you guys cover breaking news really well um, obviously a big deal that uh, against the grain is not going to be on broadcast anymore but i spoke with a number of supporters immediately afterwards and we were having a very steep rise in the number of people who were signing up for the podcast and the number of people who were interested in visiting the website uh... either listening to the podcast or getting them downloaded through itunes and so what I decided to do was we're going to be switching over the Liberty Conspiracy website to continue providing audio to people straight through all around the world. I mean, it was amazing to see the reaction that we had, and I think a lot of it had to do with you guys and, and my association with you because we're great allies in freedom. And uh, the listeners over there at Free Talk Live got interested in, in Against the Grain that I was doing on the radio waves, 
So now what I'm planning on doing is we're going to expand the Liberty Conspiracy website, and there will be podcasts that will be posted. In particular, this weekend, there are going to be a number of podcasts posted regarding the financial problems we've run into and the history of government intervention in the, in the marketplace. And Fantastic. I can do, yeah, it'll be great. And one of the nice things, Ian, is I know how our audience uh, seems to appreciate not just the light and fluffy stuff or, like, you know, what's the latest color of Sarah Palin's jacket, you know, that sort of nonsense, um, but real content and, and learning things. And so what I'm going to try to do is impart as much as I can of my knowledge of economic history and politics and political economics and bring in people. We're going, I'm going to be going on-site with free staters and interviewing them on the microphone, bringing those stories in. We're going to have roundtable discussions, do interviews uh, over the computer, and I'm going to be expanding things so that I don't just have to do breaking news stories, which I will do if they're very important for, for liberty on the macro or micro scale, but also to give out occasional, well, maybe not just occasional, but regular um, essays on political economics and things that uh, you might only find written down maybe at the Von Mises website or, or, or Cato Institute or something like that. So people so, can go, and they should go, uh, to libertyconspiracy.com. That is your website, has been and will continue to be your website. And this is going to be the uh, the center that they can access all of this information. They can get signed up for the podcast. They can get uh, contact information for you. LibertyConspiracy.com. Now, Gardner, it, I'm, I think that this is I think this is fantastic, and I I've got to say you got to keep it going after you. You get know, the, the fact is, there. I got yeah. fired from Free Talk Live. I got fired from. Hey, uh, wait a minute. I did. We didn't fire you. I got fired from Free Talk Live. Who said you did it? I okay. I was, well, it was Clear <laughs> I got Channel. fired from Free Talk Live. I got fired from uh, Clear Channel, and if if all that stuff wouldn't have happened, Free Talk Live wouldn't be a nationally syndicated show today. And it's I think true. that it's I think it's really great because the fact is. Your, I believe your message is best disseminated over a national uh, venue anyway. You're not going to be tied down by local issues. You're not going to be tied down by um, having to come up with uh, you know, the top of the news kind of stuff every day. You can, yeah. you can talk about the things that are important to you. and I, Without having some GM breathing, breathing down right. your neck. And I think that's very important. And, but you know, one thing that kind of disturbs me, isn't that subversive uh, Jason Osborne involved in this, this shenanigans? <laughs> of course yes, he is. indeed. And I, I wanted to uh, to uh, thank you guys and and thank Jason. That's the next phase of what I want to discuss. Uh, Jason Osborne was one of the key players in the individuals to whom I spoke, and uh, you know, speaking to you guys, getting opinions about this, and then Jason. Uh, Jason Osborne had been advertising at the radio station, really? and I'm not going to give out all the details, but Jason is a man of principle. He's withdrawing his advertising Damn right he from should. my home station. And he is going to support the Liberty Conspiracy, and he would like to recommend, as I would, we want to try to explode in the number of people who not only find the podcast and spread them around to friends through news and information, but we would like to tell people at the Liberty Conspiracy site the way that this is going to have to work, the way this is going to succeed, is if we get people in your listening audience and in my listening audience to spread the word that they can contribute to the conspiracy. They can become contributors. And when they do it, that will allow me to not only expand the program and work harder, just like you guys have done with your AMP program, which has been so ingenious, but in addition to that, 
we will, it will allow me to devote more time to studying these political economic issues and freedom issues and to those people who do sign on as supporters. They, it's, it's Wouldn't that make them conspirators or co-conspirators? Yes, exactly. Yes, you hit it exactly. <laughs> they become conspirators. They become part of the conspiracy. There are different levels, just like you have. Right now, we only go up to $7 a month. It's 3 5 and 7 You can be a Knight Templar. You can be an all-seeing eye. You know, That's it's all awesome. based on the, the conspiracy theory stuff and the Illuminati and That's everything. Great. So we joke with it, yeah. So if people can go to the website and they can sign on. So what, already... do I gotta, what do I got to pay to be a Bilderberger is what I know. You know what? We're going to have to – I have to uh, – I when I was at uh, Porkfest over the summer, one of our, our real big supporters, a really nice person here – in New Hampshire, said, you know, I would contribute more, but you don't have a higher level. Yeah, uh, at a hundred bucks, you can be Jay Rockefeller. Hang on, Gardner. Yeah, a little yeah, bit more exactly. with Gardner Goldsmith in moments here, and of course your calls as well about anything. The toll-free number is one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Got to keep going if you get canned in this business. I you got to keep going. Best thing. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are free, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo, and they have therefore proven that they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com, see what it's all about. And do you really want to, or do you want to easily update the look of those old cabinets or that old set of drawers? Well, innerknobs.com offers a wide variety of knobs and pulls for every taste and budget. Save 10% on your order if you use the code FTL at checkout. That's innerknobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com, and see their banner at freetalklive.com. Remember, use the code FTL to save 10% at innerknobs.com. As we go back to our friend Gardner Goldsmith, he is on the line uh, from his home in somewhere around Nashua or something like that. I don't even really know. Lovely Amherst, New Hampshire. Uh, Amherst, New Hampshire. And uh, you are newly unemployed in the the world of radio broadcasting, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, In fact, what you're doing is you're continuing your program against the grain, and you're going to keep you're going to keep doing podcasts to put them out on the internet I, as you've been I, doing. I, I question this, Ian. Um, am I unemployed? Uh, yeah, I guess you are. You're unemployed. I'm unemployed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, so you are a free. You are a radio free agent uh, for uh, the first time in a long time. You no longer yeah. have uh, radio management breathing down your neck, telling you what to talk about, telling you you got to do this and you got to do that. Now you can do whatever you think is right, and your listeners, if they like it, are going to reward you by going to libertyconspiracy.com and coming on board as a co-conspirator to the Liberty Conspiracy for as low as three bucks a month. Which essentially, this is going to be how you're being paid to, to do the show. Uh, uh, yeah. to, to continue doing your podcast, and I think it's a great idea. And I'm be- I'm betting it won't be long before you're making more off of the uh, the conspiracy c- contribution contribution program than you made off of those uh, guys at the that radio. That shouldn't station. be too hard. I've been in radio for a while, and they don't pay well. No, they didn't. They weren't paying well. So no, well, you know, you know, guys, uh, I don't want this just to sound like a, a piece of rhetoric throwing throwing this out here. But you know, when you get hit, you got to come back really swinging. And this is a time. When our financial liberties, our privacy, our our very way of life is being threatened by people who for too long have been indoctrinated into the ways of the state. And so in my my viewpoint, it's interesting you should bring it up because I had already been very close to deciding 
to devote my attention to the online broadcasting. Hmm. And I had actually spoken with Jason about it before they, they dumped the show at, at WTPL. So I was sort of prepared. I didn't really even feel that bad when they stopped the program because there are a lot of things when you're doing a live show and you have management over, the, over you, good management, good guys, too, um, that you have to take into consideration. And even though, uh, let, me, let me tell you, the, the number of people who listen to, to the program and the podcast now probably equals or exceeds the number of people who listen to the program on the air. Mm. And wow. while I would love to be able to catch a few people who had never heard the program before, who tune in in their car, um, if it's not going to happen, then this alternative, I was ready for it, and now we're prepared to move in this direction. Well, I actually great. had a suggestion. Now, not for you, Gardner, because you're going to be mm-hmm. busy creating content, and that's what you should focus on. But I actually yeah. had a suggestion. We've got so many activists here now in New Hampshire, all across the state, uh, I suggested on a couple of the threads that there are online at the Free State Project website, nhfree.com, people are talking about uh, you being fired and what to do and all that. And uh, I actually suggested that maybe now's the time for uh, some pirate-slash-community radio stations to pop up on the air. Maybe uh, they could take Gardner Goldsmith's uh, Against the Grain, some podcast archives, maybe uh, Free Talk Live, uh, whatever else, you know, some stuff from Mises, audiobooks, who knows? I mean, there's all kinds of liberty-oriented audio content out there. Take that yeah. stuff, put it into a playlist on a computer, go buy a cheap FM transmitter off of eBay, or if you've got a little bit more money, you could buy by a, a nice, uh, more professional model. But, I mean, you could start a pirate station, a pirate radio station for under $1,000. I mean, community radio station for, for under $1,000. And, mm-hmm. rel- I mean, if, as long as you're a good neighbor and you're not interfering with other radio stations... Never, th- ever stomp on somebody else's right. signal. There is a good chance you will be left unmolested. A lot of the California uh, pirates or community stations had um, broadcasted for years upon years before they ran into trouble with the FCC. And many of them, even after their first FCC raid, came back on the air. Because by that point in their lifespan, they had garnered enough community support to where the community was uh, behind them and said, we want these guys back on the air. I don't think any of them has ever gotten a license um, that, you know, like no... Previously, Pirate Station has ever gotten right. a license. And in some places, uh, you know, they're popping up all over the place. South Florida is one of those places, as, as I understand Florida's it. Florida's the worst place for, uh, um, you know... It is bad because they have local laws against Pirate Stations down in Florida, oh, yeah. but they don't uh-huh. have that up here. So well, I, I think that'd be one extra way where, you know, both you and I could benefit and uh, somebody could run a Pirate Station. Obviously, they're taking a slight risk, but I really don't believe that risk to be uh, as high as the FCC might want you to believe that it is. There are a lot of creative people in your audience, and uh, I'm sure some of them are taking note now and already coming up with some ideas. I think it's a terrific idea, Ian. And I've got to tell well, you, uh, for those people who do go to libertyconspiracy.com, by the way, for some reason I got an email that if people use uh, in, um, uh, Internet Explorer, it, it's not loading properly. So if you use I uh, Fire... tried it today. It seemed fine. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot. I didn't get to check my emails on that. Thanks, Ian. Yeah, um, no problem. But, yeah, in addition to that, I just wanted to mention to people, those people who do become part of the conspiracy at whatever level. Um, we are going to be doing special, unique things only for those people who contribute in addition to what is provided on the website. I want to make sure that anybody visits the website can get plenty of good content, written articles. We'll be doing videos that will be linked through YouTube and getting those up there. I've got to talk with my web webmaster and get it all worked out. Uh, he's already loaded some videos on, but those are old. I want to, want to put in some new things that we produce ourselves, but also material that is only going to go to the people who 
are, you know, backing us up. I think, you know, to honor them, I've got to do it, and I want to do it. And one of the neat things that I can do is, you know, the show that I did was sort of unique because we threw in a lot of skits and weird sound effects mm-hmm. and, and themes to music. So uh, my, uh, some of my greatest satisfaction comes from writing, uh, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. And so what I've decided to do is, in addition to doing special audio podcasts that will be sent out in MP3 form to the people who contribute to the conspiracy, I'm also going to add special articles and stories, uh, short stories and things like that, and really mix it up for people. Cool. Because now that I won't have to devote that time to the radio show, I've got another job. I've always had another job. But now I'll be able to devote it to doing all this creative stuff with the website. I think and it's I fantastic. Really like that. This could be, uh, you know, this could be a real renaissance for the uh, the Gardner Goldsmith experience and against the grain. And I, uh, of course, we're right here with you, man, and we love having you on the show. And and I'm glad you're really jumping in, uh, both feet first with this and keeping things going because I think that's the most important thing that our listeners can take away from this. Beyond the update of what's going on with Gardner, is the message that I put on the air before. Uh, that is that if you're getting into the the media business, whether it's television or radio or internet. You've got to be consistent. You've got to keep putting product out there. You've got to put it out there in order for people to, to, to stay with you, to keep consuming your content. You don't have to do it, you know, since you're on the Internet, you don't have to be as regimented as you might have had to getting into a studio. You know, you can wake up when you want. You can record the show when you want or, or whatever. So you have a little bit more flexibility. You certainly have a lot more flexibility from a creative standpoint. Uh, but getting that product out there to the marketplace, in this case the Internet marketplace, and keeping it consistent, keeping it coming out, is the most important thing that you can do to continue building your popularity, building your brand, and bringing people on board and introducing them to the ideas that they need to hear. And you you, well, you communicate those ideas so well on your program, and I'm glad you're going to keep at it, Guard. And, of course, we look forward to having you hopefully Monday night. Hey, you got it, Ian, and Ian, Mark, and uh, also I'd like to thank you guys and SACL, uh, CAI, Jason Osborne, his his, his uh, father, uh, Mike, uh, just great people, and the people that have come over to Liberty Conspiracy because of Free Talk Live. You guys, my hat's off to you. So we're going to keep pushing back on these people, and we're going to continue, and we'll probably be expanding in some really very, very interesting ways. I'm very, very pleased that this is going to be happening. Keep up the good work out there, Guard, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for the call tonight. Uh, all right, 800-259-9231. Remember, that's Gardner Goldsmith, his website, libertyconspiracy.com. People have been waiting very, very patiently uh, to get on the air with us here, and I appreciate all of them. We're going to go uh, quickly here to John in Texas. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, John. Thanks you for your patience. You're on the air. What's on your mind? Okay. Well, um, calling about the economy here. Well, uh, one, when when um, did it become the government's job to bail out failing businesses? And two, they, you know, uh, I think the Dow went up uh, dramatically more than it has over the past almost decade. On the word of of, the, of these huge bailouts, yeah. And the thing is, uh, I think what they're doing is just playing yo-yo with with the middle class people by saying, oh, "Okay, we're we're uh, the Dow fell, uh, the Dow fell really bad. Then it went up, then it soared, and then next thing, about two two weeks from now, you're going to hear that it went down again." Yep. And uh, it's a big game, oil. isn't it? Hang on, uh, more on the way. Hour two's coming up. Free talk live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? 
First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. As we launch here in hour two, we go back to your phone calls. That's what the show's about. So we'll talk to John in Texas. John, you just barely had a chance to get your thoughts started there in the last hour, so I wanted to make sure you got out uh, what you'd called about. So go ahead, sir. Hey, well, over. Uh, basically, my whole thing is, you know, the when, since when has it been the government's job to bail selling businesses? It seems like it's been a while. To answer your question, it seems like it's been a while. These businesses that are failing, they're failing because they put them they. You know they they uh they put themselves in those positions by making all these ninja loans and things like that these these loans to subprime and what happened was uh, now that they're suffering the consequences they reap them yep. and now that the chickens come home to roost they're now they're getting scared and wanting wanting bailouts the thing is that suffer the consequences the actions and another thing you know the Dow soars. Everybody gets excited. I think what this is is yo-yo, and it's fear-mongering. They're, they're getting people so scared or hoarding canned goods, doing all kinds of crazy nonsense. Uh, home sales are down. The market is just a, a mess, even worse. I think what it is is it's, it's a mess due to, to the speculation that it's going to be a mess. It's not a mess due to the circumstances that are here today. And the thing is, a lot of people – they're just overreacting and getting scared because all they hear on the news is, is, oh, the subprime housing, uh, you know, the chaos, and that's all they hear. They don't hear anything. Sure. Yeah, the news plays right into it. They love to uh, scare the people, so they'll tune in through the break and, you know, watch what's coming up next. The news doesn't have any real interest in talking about what's really going on, and the reason why the bailouts happen is because it's the same old, same old in politics. It's politics is rewarding your friends and punishing your enemies. So the people that are in charge of companies like, uh, let's see, the airlines, for instance, have gotten a bailout recently. Obviously, these financial organizations getting bailouts now uh, you had Chrysler uh, getting a bailout uh, de- a few decades ago, and the reason why is because they're buddy buddy with the political guys. They gave money to their campaigns, and now it's time for them to uh, to essentially get paid back for supporting their their friends in politics. And if yeah. the local mom and pop video store ends up getting shut down because they just can't compete with Netflix or whatever, they don't get to go to their local uh, government and demand a bailout. And nobody would nobody would support that. I mean, they might on the sort of oh, it's the 
mom and pop store level, but at the same time, what those of us who understand a thing or two about economics, and I am no scholar, I, I know a little bit about it, I know enough to know that it's creative destruction when these businesses go under. Uh, and I thank you, by the way, for the call tonight, John. Appreciate hearing from you. It's creative destruction. That's the terminology for it, in that when a business cannot serve its customers or when a business makes mistakes that are so detrimental that it has to close its doors, it makes room for somebody else to step in and do the job right. Right. You know, and, and it's it's what's so uh, hypocritical about this whole thing is the government's out there calling these uh, banks predatory lenders when, in fact, they were making loans to people who, you know, were likely not to pay the loans back. Sounds like predatory, predatory borrowers to me. However, um, then they make, you know, they, they call these people predatory lenders. Then they give them millions and millions of dollars to bail them out. That doesn't help the, uh, the, the stockholder. It, it, it doesn't help the average individual. It helps those guys on top in those banks. Sure enough. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231, and it just seems like just another reason to stop paying taxes. I mean, we understand they're going to print out the money anyway, so it really won't matter in the wash whether you do or not, but to actively support this kind of nonsense, this corporatism, this uh, fascist business tendency of the, uh, the government is distasteful at best. Anyway, let's continue with your calls. Jeremy is on the line in Montana. You can call about anything. Jeremy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys, if y'all had more of these discussions, you know, uh, you might be more on the air at, at KGZ, you know. But y'all like to talk about a lot of things that are really obsolete. But like John Stokes at KGZ has been, you know, I'm sure with help, has been talking about these things for many years now and now it's coming down y'all just now want to talk about it you know what we say here in montana is uh you know you're supposed to be prepared for these types of things and uh your, your credit can be worth gold right now but if you don't have the money i mean you can't go get a car loan or a house loan or you're nothing. right you're absolutely right about that i mean i've i've got i'm having a heck of a time getting a loan on a on a house um and you know, I've got a house, but I, you know, I was wanting to pay off some of the uh, the debt that I incurred in building it, and I thought, well, I'll get a little mortgage here and uh, take care of the last little bit. And I'm having a heck of a time getting it, and I've got, you know, I own the house outright for God's sake. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. You're right there, but I have to correct think, him on the. Yeah, the accusation. I'd like to correct you on the uh, the accusation there. We've been telling people to buy gold and silver and uh, questioning the the, uh, the 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 stability of the market for. Well, for the last since we've been on the air for the last uh, since 2004 yeah but um i mean anytime anybody calls up with any kind of uh you know uh any kind of uh truth on liberty and things like that you know they they call it a well, what's that word conspiracy on liberty it's not a conspiracy it's not a conspiracy i'm not sure what it is you're referring to jeremy it's not a conspiracy if it's if it's the truth you know what, 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 I mean? per, what particularly are you referring to? Most everything that uh, GCN has on air to begin with. That's the network that we're on. I'm not sure what, what you're getting at, though. You're suggesting that Free Talk Live is is not talking about things that are relevant? Well, sometimes y'all don't. Like, who, who cares how high an energy drink gets somebody? And 
I mean, who cares? I don't that? think you're listening to the right show, Jeremy. I don't think we've talked well, I mean, about you know, energy you've drinks. Gotta, you've got to lighten it up now and then. If you listen to Rush Limbaugh, he's not talking about how bad the Democrats are every minute of every show. Sometimes he'll you know, talk about psychological studies. Sometimes he'll talk about uh, pop news stuff. And right, and this is an open format radio. show. So if someone wanted to call about energy drinks, we'd certainly talk about it. It's not in my show prep for and if tonight, you, I'll and tell if you, you that. Yeah, no, I don't have anything like that either. Thanks, Jeremy, for the call. I think he might have been having too much to drink tonight. Eight hundred two five nine. Complaint and and his complaint's valid. Whatever you know, no, whatever for him for himself. Okay, maybe then. Yeah, eight hundred two five nine for his drunken self. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Uh, we go unscreened to the amp line. You're on Free Talk Live, the most irrelevant show on talk radio. Go ahead. Hello. Amplifier That's what line. you get for not screening the call? Going once, going by. All right. Well, Julia is joining us, our sometime third lady on the program, sitting here on the third microphone. Only lady. Only lady. That's true. Third That's microphone. True. And uh, good to have you back on the show. So let's talk about our vacation. I have been waiting all week to discuss this. And again, it's the show about your calls. You call. We don't get to the vacation discussion. But uh, I think it was worth talking about because I had some observations uh, from what happened. We went to Toronto, and uh, there were a few different stories that I think were worthy of telling. I had never been to Canada before, and I think the last time I've been out of the country was when I was with my parents on one of those Bahamian cruises. So it had been a while since I'd left the country. And so obviously we were concerned with the whole border situation, number one. What was what was that going to be like? Because just the, the week prior to going on the vacation, there were stories hitting the news about how the Canadian border situation has become, you know, it's, it's been uh, more of a crackdown recently is what they, what they alleged. And so I'm, I was wondering, well, what is it going to be like coming back? Because you had told me, Julia, that you'd been before and it was no big deal getting into Canada. Yeah. But getting back to the States always sucks. And you said it was really bad for you the last time that you came back, right? Yeah. It, it was not bad in that they didn't let me in, just bad in that the way they treated me to let me back in, which was like a criminal, essentially. And they were screaming at me. And, you know, I was tired. I had been driving for a long time. I don't, I just want to go home and get in my bed, man. Just leave me alone. Um, this time wasn't as bad. And... Actually, last year, the same thing happened when, right before I went. They were putting out news articles that claimed that uh, Canada was cracking down on letting people in with any sort of misdemeanor. Right, and you've got a marijuana arrest. Right. And, and, or two. <laughs> yeah, or, or three, or whatever. So we'll talk about what happened when we got in, when we went out, uh, and what happened in between, because there are a few interesting stories to tell, uh, especially about the, the war on drugs. An observation in regards to the war on drugs and prohibition, something we experienced that was a little different in Toronto. More on the way. You could take control and bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free. So enjoy those, including the bulletin board system with about 400,000 posts for you to surf around through. There's a lot to talk about from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in ones. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. 
SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. Do business with businesses that support FTL. All right, so uh, real quick here, we're going to continue to discuss our vacation since people actually emailed me about it. Hey, when are you going to talk about your trip to Toronto? Okay, fine. So, we went to Toronto last week. Oh, by the way, I did get an instant message reminding me that we did apparently spend a long time talking about energy drinks recently on the show, which is fine. You know, that's the way the show is, and if you don't like it, you're welcome to call and complain, but it'd be better if you just called and talked about what you thought was interesting. That's the We point, will change right? the subject you if you call. Yeah, exactly. All right, anyway, uh, and it was relevant. We were talking about addiction and caffeine and all that. So, uh, back to Toronto. We went uh, up through the Buffalo area, Niagara Falls. That was how we were going to enter Toronto. And we wanted to leave Toronto through a different route. We'll talk about that in a moment. But we went up through the, uh, again, the Niagara Falls entrance. So you have to cross a bridge to get over Toronto. There's no, there's no sneaking across. The Rainbow Bridge. Uh, whatever it is. I believe so. It wasn't a rainbow at that time. It was dark. And the... Uh, let's see. I mean, it was it was a pretty short wait. There wasn't there weren't a lot of cars at that no, time. No, we of night. arrived at midnight maybe or uh, something like yeah, that. Yeah, really late. There was not a lot of cars. They were going through really fast, and I only had my ID. I discovered, I thought I had my birth certificate in, and I was aware that you need a, a birth certificate and a driver's license to get into Canada. And mm-hmm. I discovered the day before we left, I frantically searched for my birth certificate, Couldn't could find not it. find it, knew that there was no way I was going to be able to get a copy of it in any that short of, of time because, well, I was born in New York and bureaucrats just can't work that fast. There's, I just knew that... It's not going to happen. Yeah. So I grabbed my social security card, even though I knew that that wasn't really official and I was probably going to get trouble for it. But I figured if I could get into Canada, I don't care about coming back. I'll just get detained and... So you, we had a kind of a strategy going in, and I guess coming back out, and there were a couple of friends that were visiting with us uh, who will go unnamed because it's not relevant, but basically it was a car full of young people. And you know that when you're a cop you, and you see a car full of young people, there's a chance... Suspicious already. Yeah, there, I mean, you're, there's a chance there's drugs, there's a chance there's something going on. So, uh, so the strategy was to dress kind of respectable and the glasses, right? Oh, yeah. We wore glasses. Glasses make you look smart and dorky. <laughs> That's the look we were going for. And I unbuttoned my shirt because it was a guy. We were hoping for a guy. Right. A little bit. Just a little bit. It Con- makes sense. In a classy way. Con- confuse him in, uh, with the boobage? Yeah. I see. Yeah. yeah. So, it uh, confuses me, I must so, say. So we were, we were prepared for this, right? And the guy asked for all the identification from everyone in the car. Uh, everyone else had passports. So there are three people in the car with a passport. Julia, all she had was she tried her social security card and, and her driver's license. Mm-hmm. And the dude took the, uh, all four of those things, sort of held them in a stack, and then asked a few questions, right? What did he ask? Simple questions. Where are you going? What are you doing? How long are you going to stay? See you later. Yeah, this is the standard stuff. And sure. as he was asking those questions, he wasn't even looking at the passports. He was just asking, the, maybe it was because of the boobage, I don't know. But he was just he was just sitting there asking the questions, and then he handed the passports back without even having opened them, and we got right into Canada, so right. no and problem. And that's been my experience. I've been to Toronto three times now, and every time I go, the Canadian side is, what do you want to do? You want to come spend money here? Okay, see you later. They they just don't really care, which to me go, goes to show that it's really just, it's all an act. It's all it's the security, security theater, theater yeah. mm-hmm. because... Obviously, if there was a real threat, 
he would not have just waved us through. He would have been checking us out. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't care who was going in, into Canada. So we'll talk about getting out of Canada at the very end of the discussion. So we get into Canada. Everything's A-OK. And then later on, on Friday night, we wanted to see what Toronto was like. I mean, we got in late. It was like 2.30 or something before we got into Toronto. And so, but it's Toronto. It's a big city, 2.5 million people. Things are open late in Toronto. And so we went downtown to uh, see what was uh, out and about, parked the car. And as we're parking the car, we're looking at the signage on the side of the road. And it's very, very confusing. Uh, there was signage that was contradictory. The signage <laughs> said stuff like... Park here, no parking. Well, <laughs> there, was, it, there was a no parking sign, but not in the area we were parked in. Before that, though, it said that uh, they, they, they would ticket you, essentially, if you were parking during certain hours during the daytime. But then there was another sign, and I wish I'd written down exactly what they said, because it was so contradictory. There was another sign that suggested that you, could, uh, that you had to buy a parking ticket 24 hours a day. But the other sign made it very, very clear that... And on the parking thing that you bought the tickets from, it the time ended the at 9 p.m. Right. The times were written on the parking uh, vending machine. So you'd have to go buy the ticket and then put it on the dash of your car. And it said what days and what times you had to buy tickets. So we figured we we're good, right? We don't have to pay money to park here. So we went and we just went downtown and did our thing and came back. We probably parked at like 2.30 the time on the ticket that they wrote that they uh, printed out for us was like 2:41. Mm-hmm. So 10 minutes later, some guy came along and, and ticketed the the car. Thirty dollar parking ticket. I get a parking ticket every time I go to a new city. Is that right? I, it just I, I, that used to happen. Now I just go to parking garages uh, because I'm yeah, I'd rather pay somebody up front than uh, pay some bureaucrat later. Well, you know what? It could very well be. It could very well be just the bureaucrat seeing an out of state car. Yeah, I got a Florida plates on. See an out of state car and knowing that he didn't sign it, so we don't even know who the officer was who issued the ticket. (laughs) Yeah, well, the signature was a line. Like Straight line. line. And uh, so, you know, what they do no is... No signature necessary. This is my guess because it's how bureaucrats behave. They figure, well, let's just give out as many tickets as we can and inevitably a bunch of people will pay us, right? And that's what happens. It's what they're trying to do with me in this couch in my yard ticket. They didn't even fill out the ticket correctly, but they know that if they just put that ticket on something that's yours, there's a good chance you'll feel scared about what the possible ramifications might be and you might pay it. Now, of course, I suggested to Julia that I should write them a letter, and Julia, you said you were going to pay it, but I, I should let you know you've got like two more hours to go and pay it because it's you're supposed to pay it within seven days. So I don't know if you've taken care of that yet. But I was trying to convince Julia. I was saying, well, let me write him a letter and let's see, you know, show me the obligation to obey your laws and I'll be happy to pay. Sort of this approach that I've been taking with the bureaucracies recently. Uh, but she didn't want me to do it, so we kind of had this My concern is, because I go to Canada every year and I plan to do it again next year, and my concern is that I'm not going to get let into the country because Ian is got me blacklisted and there because is a he chance. wrote them a crazy letter. Well, there's a chance that could be true because the one thing the Whose guy car is it? It's my car. Then what's the problem? Well, they could still say – what they can do is they can uh, car, blacklist they your say, license plate number. I see. So I suggested she gets another license plate, switch it on before she goes into Canada, but, you know, that's a lot of work. So she's probably going to end up paying the ticket, and, uh, well, what can you do, right? So another ticket governmental bureaucracy, another example of how they don't even fill out their own forms correctly, and yet they still expect you to, to pay their tickets. Finally, uh, we'll, cu- we'll talk about the drug experience in Toronto. Toronto, marijuana is illegal. But you wouldn't know it walking around <laughs> on the streets. Yeah, you would not know it. Uh, within minutes, 
arriving on the street in Toronto, we smelled marijuana being smoked, and it wasn't the first, it wasn't the only time that we smelled it over the weekend. More on the way. We'll talk about what uh, the marijuana situation is like there, because it's fascinating, as well as the alcohol situation, which is really bad. Free Talk Live. (laughs) With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. They include... Things like the wiki with over 1,700 pages created by listeners just like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. W-I-K-I.freetalklive.com. I I want to come back to the Toronto story. We've got a gentleman waiting very patiently here. We're going to get to his call here in moments. And breaking news about our friend and super activist Lauren Canario. Hopefully we'll get to that tonight, too. She's been arrested again. Twelve scientific studies, including numerous safety studies, laboratory studies, and two human clinical studies, uh, appear to show that the active component in DEX-C20 may assist in fat loss by reducing fat cell division and reducing fat storage. I know for me, it's a fat, uh, er, excuse me, it's a appetite suppressant, and it's uh, working. I've lost weight on it. I think it'll work for you. It's DEX-C20. You can get it. It's in the gold box at Walgreens, GNC. You can get it at uh, CVS, or you can go to diet.freetalklive.com. That's diet.freetalklive.com. We'll get back to the Toronto stories here in moments. Let's first talk to Cliff in Florida on the amp line. Hello, Cliff. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, dude. What's on your mind tonight? Well, right. well my mind tonight is this whole thing that's been going on this entire week as far as the bailouts, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people are not realizing exactly what's going on. Uh, when, I, when you take a look at this, you, everybody will look at the market today and, and, and think that, um, well, everything's back to normal, <laughs> you know, since uh, stocks are up, et cetera, et cetera. But what's actually happening is this. They're not allowing a correction that's, that's supposed to be happening right now to happen, which is, you know, houses are overpriced. Um, so basically, you know, unfortunately, a lot of foreclosures should, should be happening right now and uh, basically bring, bring, bring uh, the market back to equilibrium. So by them injecting all this all this liquidity into the market, putting all this money into the market, essentially, what they're doing is this. All the banks are getting bailed out. All the people are, are thinking that, okay, everything is fine with my 401K and my IRA or whatever else. But really, in the long run, they're going to lose pretty much everything that they own. They're building the house of cards on top of the already existing house of cards, right? It, it, well, it's, it's, it's pretty much, yeah, something like that. <laughs> you know, because people are thinking that everything is fine, but these bankers... They get to use the money first, so they're fine. They're doing great. Mm-hmm. But what happens is as this money goes down through the market, everything, the price of everything, you name it, the price of everything will keep rising. So whatever money you have, wherever you have it, it's going to plummet. You're going to think that, oh, my God, the price of everything is going up. But the yeah. truth is it's not going up. They're just Basically, they're, what they're doing is devaluing the dollar, and they're telling you that, well, if you don't do this, then people are going to lose jobs, and this and, this and that's going to happen. But the truth is all those things are going to happen anyway because of the fact that these banks can lend, they're not going to lend to each other. They're not even lending, lending to each other at this point because of the fact that they realize that this is not, this is not a real, this is not a real, the, the market is basically it's gone, to, well, gone, gone bad. All right, so right now all they're doing is buy, buying up, buying up um, all these, um, 
they're, they're buying up whatever whatever good good um good loans are left, and they're leaving us with with all the bad loans basically, because they took the mortgages. So all these all, whatever bad debts are out there, whatever it's, whether it's from mortgages right. or from uh, failed businesses. Everybody in America are, is going to pick up the the tab on all those bad uh, all that bad lending through the uh, through them printing out money. Uh, they're not going to actually increase taxes directly. They'll uh, they'll print out more money and they'll bail out these banks, and as a result of printing out money, inflating the money supply, all of the money that we have will become worth less. So I, I know I've got written down here for my list of things to do this weekend is to buy some damn gold. Because yeah, but, but, yeah, but that's, that, really that's just part of it. Not only will, you, will, you, will, the, will, the, will your, the value of the existing dollars go down because of the fact that they injected more money into the market, but also the, the value of everything will keep going up. So therefore, you are going to still going to get a lot of people will be getting laid, um, getting laid off anyway because of the fact that these people can't afford to, to employ as equal as they could. From before. Well, also, isn't this also going to send another message to the bank saying, "Hey, guys, keep making bad loans. Well, you'll just get bailed out." Sure. What, what, what's their uh, What's their reason for not doing it? Well, absolutely. I mean, think about it. If it's, if no matter what kind of investment I make, you're going to bail me out. Then what's yeah. my reason why I should make good investments? You know, so it's there's absolutely no news. purpose for me. To what do you recommend that people do? I mean, besides maybe buying a little bit of silver and gold, do you think there's anything else uh, that that's sensible? You know, that's that's a that's a good first step, but um, to be uh, to be very honest with you, at this point, um, really kicking up the the free state project and, and getting the figuring out a way to get New Hampshire its first state to actually succeed is probably one of the best things to do. I think you're absolutely point, right. People, yeah, because people are going to think that everything is stabilizing, and the truth is, it's not really stabilizing. It's a short, it's a very very short term thing, and it may it may last for the next year or whatever. Like I, like I told you guys last night, people are easily fooled, mm-hmm. and that's what that's exactly what they're what they're um what they're what they're doing right now is they're fooling everybody thinking, into thinking that everything is stable. But the truth is, I promise you, this will not last more than, I give it two years maximum. You know, um, and everything will just absolutely collapse. I, I, I don't know about two years. I, it's hard I, to it's, say. It's, it's difficult to know. say. The people have been uh, you know, predicting the collapse for a long Whoa. time. A lot of smart people go, have been, been saying that. And it's difficult to predict these things. Maybe. Maybe it'll be two months. Maybe it'll be two decades. I don't think that there's any way that uh, we can continue on uh, with our monetary system the way it is. There's going to be a collapse. Right. It's going to hurt. Well, it's going to hurt the people at the bottom of the investment ladder, the middle class, because uh, you know that th- those are the ones that uh, on on which the backs of this, this uh, those those are the backs on which this is all built. But uh, you've got to be careful in mentioning secession and the Free State Project within the same breath. The Free State Project is not about secession and doesn't... Uh, Many necess- members, however, agree with the right. idea. Uh, you, I am a member of the Free State Project, advocate secession of the, the Republic of New Hampshire. You are a member and... You, you Julia, would- how do you feel about secession? Me? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Let's there do it. And do it soon. If you're for if if you believe that a uh, state should go and be a, a free republic and uh, you know likely uh, you know have a much smaller government than what we currently have, go I, to freestateproject.org. I see absolutely zero. In fact, I see negative benefit to the federal government whatsoever. Yeah, the go- federal government only hurts. There's there's no benefit whatsoever. New no. Hampshire won't be fighting any wars on uh, any countries, I can tell you that. And uh, one of the greatest reasons to secede, of course, is to have more uh, personal economic freedom. And let's get back to the story here about Toronto. Julia, you and I went over the weekend to on a little vacation, which we actually really haven't had. I mean, my life's kind of like a vacation. But you were on vacation, uh, and I accompanied you on your trip to Toronto. Which, that's the unusual part. Yeah, it was nice. It uh, was very nice. Anyway, one of the things we wanted to do while we were up there was smoke a little marijuana. And we were too scared to bring the marijuana across the border. Yeah, there was always that chance something could could happen. 
though <laughs> next uh, next year we yeah. might just do it because getting into Canada it's no big deal. However, getting marijuana in Toronto is no big deal either. So there's really no reason to do it. There you go. Uh, and the well, weed is better in Toronto, in my personal opinion. Plenty of or reason. at least really good. I don't know. The weed. Go ahead, Mark. Plenty of reason not to uh, bring it in. It, they call it jail. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, so. So in Toronto, when we arrived the first night, we're walking around downtown Toronto. We're thinking, all right, what, what, we've got to talk to somebody. We've got to go up to some dreadlocked hippie on the streets and find out where we can get some weed. So we're walking around, and you smell you smell it in downtown Toronto. I mean, there's there's this guy. We're crossing the street, and we noticed as we were crossing the street, he's lifting up a, a hand he was cigarette. Li- yeah, he was lighting up a joint while walking across the crosswalk <laughs> with a group of strangers. So we actually, I actually asked him when we got across the street if he could help us find some, and he said no. You know, it's probably a weird thing being approached by somebody on the street, and it's, again, not legal to have there, so selling it might be, may, might make people skittish. So, you know, that was totally understandable. Uh, but it was just kind of interesting, the attitude that people have there toward marijuana. It's pretty much tolerated. Even though it's illegal, it doesn't matter if you walk down the street and smoke it in Toronto. In fact, not only that, they have these neat uh, marijuana consuming establishments. I mean, how would you describe the place that we went to on Sunday? Um, well, I first discovered the... These uh, The first time I went to Canada, I went to a, what was called a hot box cafe, and essentially what it was was a head shop, and then in the back, there was this giant sign that said BYOW, and you went outside, and they had a restaurant there, and you ordered food, and you were allowed to just smoke. And what was interesting about smoke that... Smoke your marijuana. Yeah, smoke marijuana. What was interesting about that was that it was right over a neighbor, like right by a neighborhood. And so all these people were just smoking essentially in a backyard with apartments all around it. And I guess they don't complain. They don't care about it because here, you know, everybody's kind of got that busybody attitude. You know, if, if we started smoking a joint in the backyard, it'd only be a matter of time before somebody said something. I don't know. I think our neighbors are pretty cool. But anyway, uh, we'll come back talk more about this particular establishment. Very interesting. We didn't go to the Hot Fox Cafe. We went to a no. place called the Kindred Cafe. It's an interesting business model, and they've been doing it for four years, allowing people to smoke marijuana on their premises with no trouble from the cops. Talk Live. The number is 1-800-259-9231, and that allows you to take control of the airwaves to bring up whatever you want. The point of the program is your calls. Uh, SACL CAI brings you that toll-free number, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, please shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Doesn't matter what you buy. Even used items, 41-plus categories to shop in. Uh, you go and shop at amazon.freetalklive.com, and not only will you get the stuff you want at great prices, free super saver shipping on a whole lot of items, but you'll also help Free Talk Live at the same time by going through amazon.freetalklive.com. A few more thoughts about our uh, trip. Julia and I took a, a little vacation to Toronto over the weekend, and we were talking about the marijuana or cannabis. I guess some people prefer to call it cannabis. The cannabis situation there in Toronto, it is pretty cool up there. It's tolerated. It's still illegal. You can't they sell it. You can't the buy same, it. Well, yeah, they have the same laws in Toronto pretty much as we do here in, in Canada. I don't know. Are they as, are they as draconian if you get caught? I, I highly doubt it. Didn't they, you tell me no, it was just a slap on the hand? No, that's what they do, but they can't arrest you. Oh, really? Yes. Mm. 
Well, they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, people walk down the street smoking marijuana in downtown Toronto with a bunch of people around. So obviously, the people that live there feel very, very comfortable with their uh, public cannabis smoking habits. In fact, there are, as you were beginning to tell us about, these establishments that are apparently all across the city There competing. are four, I found out, last time I went. So For what? There are four different hotbox cafes. They're all called the same name? Well, that's... Because there were a, a couple places we saw that weren't called that. They were just different. Yeah. The, uh, now, this place we went to was a little different, and and that's one of the things I really like about it is because of the co- competitiveness, they're all sort of a different style. Uh, the one we went to this time is the same one I went to last time, and I like this place a lot better than the Hotbox Cafe for several reasons. Number one... It's called it, the Kindred Cafe, to give them credit. Yes, and it is like a really nice house. That's the way it's set up. It's very modern looking. It doesn't smell like a head shop, which I don't, I'm not into that incense and all that typical <laughs> There was no head stuff. shop stuff there. Yeah, was... there was no head shop, and that I liked about it. And also, at this place, you can purchase pot drinking products. So, so they're actually selling food with food products with cannabis in it. Right. So every year I go and get a pot milkshake, and there's a few other things you can buy, like pot hot chocolate, yeah, if you've uh, never had a $13 milkshake before, this will be your first time. And I got to say, it's one of the, it's the best Disney milkshake World. I ever had in my life. It it's they're so delicious. They barely taste like marijuana. You can taste it a little bit, but but not really. They're very high quality. Basically what they do is they take a marijuana brownie and they blend it into the milkshake as I understand it, yes. right? Yes. So it's really nice. You walk in and there's this uh, this sort of lobby area with some tables and some chairs and there's a guy behind a counter and a register. They've got a few snacks that they're selling there, some baked goods. Uh, they've also got, I guess there's a guy in the kitchen making sandwiches and stuff like that. So you can order food and, and uh, as you mentioned, there's some drinks there. There's not just milkshake. I think they've got like pot hot chocolate pot and chai tea. chai tea. So you can order a drink and then you go upstairs, right? Right, you pay... If you want to. Yeah, if you want to. Downstairs is sort of the, if you're just looking for the coffee shop lounging experience, because they do offer food and drinks and coffee and stuff that does not have marijuana products in it. Yes. Um, If you want, you can... There's three floors, essentially, or, or two floors and an upstairs, which is outside. Because of the smoking ban in Toronto, you can pay $5 and smoke weed upstairs. Outside, um, outside, on the, the like roof. on the roof. And we went up there for a second, and there's just hippies sitting around, old hippies sitting around smoking pot up there. And then if you want to pay, you can rent a room um, inside the house, and they have TVs in them and movies and Xboxes. Uh, seven fifty is, is what it costs American? for an hour. American or Canadian? well, American Canada, pretty much the same now. Are they right now? Yeah, okay. they're they're. I think real it, close. Yeah, they're close enough to where when you pay American, you're is paying whatever it is Canadian. Okay. Um, but and they have volcano vaporizers for those of you who don't know. It's a really expensive, nice vaporizer, and so it's like a three hundred dollar vaporizer. Yeah. So you rent these rooms out, and you bring your own weed in, and you you know you close the door, and you essentially just are able to lounge, hang out, and and vape inside and you can smoke upstairs if you want to. It's a really, really neat business model and, you you know, they sell memberships basically to where if you're a member, you can go use the the rooms on a regular basis, I suppose. And uh, it's just fascinating that they've been able to operate. I asked them when we were leaving, how long have you guys been open? And do the cops mess with you? And they said, no, the cops don't mess with us. And and that's because they're good neighbors. You know, they're not making a ruckus or anything like that. Right. And, and they have they've pretty been open strict, four years. Pretty strict rules as far as selling and buying is concerned. You cannot buy weed. You're not allowed to hang out there and look for weed and that sort of thing. Got to bring it with you. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, you know, 
well, the thing I liked most on the list of sort of rules or whatever, the things that you were agreeing to. Right, they had the list of rules posted framed right there in the room where you were hanging out. Was so the spend money here? Um, like, don't just come here every day and, you know what I mean, not buy anything, essentially, is what they were saying. Like, what we offer is a service, and if you like this service, pay us some money. And, and I, I think a and lot buy of a drink pe- or whatever, right? Yeah. I, I just really like that because I, I think that services like that uh, should be paid for. You know, it, it, and it, it shows people that aren't thinking what, what they need to do. You know, yeah. if you if you like what a business is doing, you do need to spend money with them. Otherwise, they're going to go, go away. Out of business. Yeah, exactly. But but I mean, the idea that you could survive four years selling po- selling pot milkshakes. They they are selling products with selling cannabis. Yeah, in and they them. just call them specialty beverages. Yeah. Like, can I have one of those special Everyone milkshakes? Everyone knows. I mean, certainly yeah. the cops know by now what's going on there. That's how they got the foie gras in Chicago back when they had banded there. Right. Could I have the special <laughs> lobster? That's what, that's yeah. what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so I think it's fascinating. It's an interesting study in how even with a uh, politically illegal situation in that there are, as you said, Julia, the laws are essentially the same. Uh, even with the situation where it, politics hasn't changed the laws, you have a tolerance situation where the police are leaving people alone. Well, so it is possible. The to liberal these government's things. been in in Canada for uh, no, it's quite a conservative some, government now. It's just switched, yep. and I think that's a couple s- years ago they switched. Yeah, they switched a couple years ago, huh. and people said, "Oh, you're going to see that go away. You're going to see that go away." But I think the attitude of the people in Toronto right. is still the same. And I say Toronto because I haven't really been to other parts of Canada. It's just a matter of whether or not people are going to put up with this crap anymore or not. And if they keep putting up with being ruled, then they'll be ruled. And if they won't put up with it, then things like this can happen. Uh, new businesses can spring up and new new ideas can flourish. And I just thought it was a wonderful uh, example of a business operating completely on the fringe of the marketplace and in, in, in a, sort of an illegal fashion and doing it successfully. It was very cool. So what was also interesting about the weekend in the realm of drugs was that it was it was easier, and this is kind of the comment on the war on drugs, it was easier to score marijuana and MDMA in Toronto than it was to get our hands on alcohol. We Couldn't could get- not. We could <laughs> not get our hands on alcohol in Toronto. You went to a club and you couldn't get a beer. Oh, they were selling beer at the club. Okay. We're talking but, about going like, to the store and first try was, was Friday night. Uh, we went to the convenience store. Yeah, they we were don't. Going back to the hotel. They don't sell beer. I, I thought, where's the beer? You right, don't have a beer hell? section. What, what kind of a convenience? How store convenient is, is this? a convenience store with no beer really? in it? They didn't have wine or beer or anything. No alcohol whatsoever. So I asked the clerk, "How does somebody buy beer around here?" Now I understood it was late at night when we were there, and he said, "Well, you got to go to the state store." So it's like it's worse than New Hampshire, where I mean, New Hampshire they've got the liquor monopoly. Basically, the state sells all the liquor here, but at least you can go to the grocery store and buy alcohol. You can buy beer and wine and stuff like that. The, the real basic, non-hard liquor stuff. But the the liquor store closes at nine o'clock on Saturday <laughs> night. I want to know who stops. I don't start drinking till <laughs> eleven o'clock on Saturday night. I just don't understand how that's reasonable at all. No, it's not. It's not reasonable at all. And you'd think they'd want the extra sales. Maybe it's protection for the bars. I don't know what the the thinking is behind this. the state stores closing that late. So the problem was we didn't really check too hard on what time the liquor stores closed before we went to one of them. We ended up getting there at like 9.05. And, and you know they closed at 8.50. So. Right. And, and then they're bureaucrats. Of, then yeah. 
Then there was some guy in the parking lot that uh, told me that, well, he knew of a store that was open uh, to 10, and it was at this one place, and he seemed to be honest, but you never know when these people are going to be telling you the truth. So we punched it in on the uh, the GPS. Actually, the GPS wasn't working up there. We went back to the hotel and uh, got the directions to this place, drove out there, like a 15-minute drive, because the suggestion was that there are some of the stores that are open late if you're out in the country. Like, if you're out in the outside of the city, you can get at a convenience store because, like, the, uh, the, the, the state doesn't want to build a store out there. So they allow a convenience store to sell it. And so going on what the guy in the parking lot said, we went out to this location and there was nothing. There. Sent you for a can steam and a yeah. board straightener? Yeah. Gotcha. So, <laughs> so we struck out, man. We could not get our hands on alcohol, and it wasn't for lack of trying. It was amazing. All right, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Hour 3 is coming up. You can bring up whatever you want. Our friend Lauren Canario has been arrested by the feds in Concord, New Hampshire. Uh, It happened earlier today. We'll talk about that. Plus, we still have to tell the story of getting back into the country because I think that's what a lot of people want to hear about is what was it like going through the border on the way back into the United States. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching into hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. We'll get back to the Toronto story, but let's go first to Johnny Ray. Been waiting patiently, I think, in Tennessee on the amp line. Hello, Johnny Ray. Hello. Close. Uh, North Carolina. Oh, my bad. All right. What's on your mind, dude? Well, I wanted to say, first of all, hello, Mr. Freeman, uh, oh, Julia, and Mark. Nice to talk to you. <laughs> I played Risk. I played Risk with all of you in uh, at Porkfest. Oh, ah. excellent. That was a good game and of Mark, Risk. Yeah, Mark, Mark was the you first were just, person to die, uh, I think. Yeah, I was the second, and, uh, you know, I, I play, I'm playing Risk during the commercial breaks. I play Risk all the time. Yeah, but you I should the computer not have version. been schooled by these amateurs. I never played before. Yeah, it was my got, first time. You, you got a lot of bad roles, Mark. Yeah, that's the way it goes. All right, so what's on your mind tonight, um, dude? I wanted to call and say a couple of things about intellectual property. Okay. Um, and I, I I wrote this down because so, I'm pretty damn nervous. But um, <laughs> if right. I sound like a robot, I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. One... Um, to answer the people who say that there's no incentive to do uh, research and development without laws to protect your ideas, being the first to bring a new idea to the market confers a serious advantage. Um, you've already got your foot on the ground, your feet on the ground, mm-hmm. and you're running with the idea. Um, sure. And two, the rolling right uh, out of idea one, you're incentivized to run with it, to continue developing the idea, exploiting it to the fullest, Instead of just sitting back and suing people yep. to try to steal your idea, I was there more? Does that make any sense? Yeah, sure, I'm with you, makes, man. that makes sense. Right, was there um, more? Or was that it? That's number one. Well, that was it. I guess I, I also, uh, while I was waiting, I thought um, uh, right now is a good time to talk to people about how uh, much anti-gouging laws um, can really seriously mess things up cause shortages and whatnot. Mm-hmm. 
because um, down here where I live, we've got gas lines and whatnot. And I really? try and tell people that, that that wouldn't be happening if um, people could price their gas at whatever they wanted to. Damn right it wouldn't. Um, and trying to tell them how important uh, real prices are to the proper functioning of a free market. As long as somebody... it's working, it's working with some people. That's good. That's good. I mean, you're right. I mean, it's it's when the government really makes it obvious that they are not free that they're most likely to listen to uh, what it is that, that it is that you're saying. Of course, some people are going to recoil and feel uh, fear at the idea that you'd allow a business person to set his own prices. Which, of course, if you set your price too high, nobody's going to buy your product. <laughs> What's the problem? Yeah. But they don't understand that because they don't really understand economics. They weren't taught it effectively right. at but all. But they have votes, and this yeah. is the scariest part, is people that don't understand economics vote. They vote for politicians that don't understand economics and then control the market. So you're left with uh, the, 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 um, the free market itself, voluntary interaction between individuals, being controlled by people that don't understand, operating from fear and hate and uh, and and uh, jealousy, they're operating yeah, from all those areas, and it hurts. Go ahead. Yeah, they feel like that they're entitled to to get things for the prices that they want. Mm-hmm. Sure. And it, it's it's uh, it's it's kind of disgusting. Yep. Yeah, you got to yeah. meet it in the got to meet in the middle somewhere. That's what all that's how all prices are set normally. Is if if I walked into a convenience store and I said, "Oh my God, you want for one of these plastic bottles of Coca Cola? You want a dollar fifty? Well, I remember when Coke was a quarter. Here's a quarter, and I take the Coke and I walk out. I'm stealing, yeah. and that's what people that try to control prices are doing. They're stealing. Johnny Ray, good call, sir. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. And, uh, of course, the intellectual property, one of those issues that libertarians or liberty-minded people continue to disagree on. And I think uh, Johnny Ray's on the on spot there. Because when you don't have all the overhead costs that are involved in getting intellectual property secured from the government and that is patent attorneys and all these things you have to pay for and like you were saying spending money suing people and there's all this overhead that's involved in having intellectual property that otherwise wouldn't be there in the absence of the entire concept so even though you might not make as much money being able to sit and rest on your laurels yeah you would have to be more competitive and that's a good thing because being more competitive means more innovation more new products innovative products hitting the marketplace faster may mean a smaller profit margin but at the same time your overhead's less so maybe it'll all balance out in the wash and at the very least we'll get more products and services into the marketplace sooner rather than later so everyone will benefit in the long run all right uh, real quick uh, we'll continue our stories uh, regale you with our stories from toronto as julia and i discovered that the uh, the war on drugs has actually apparently made it easier to get things like marijuana and mdma as we discovered over the weekend and uh, good mdma too my dad and <laughs> made it easier to get those things Whereas the government, Mark, you laugh, but that can be hard to find. The government, especially. I yeah. don't know. I haven't been trying to find it for a long, long time. In the uh, the government's legal situation, the alcohol's legal, but we had more trouble getting our hands on a, a six pack of beer than we did the illegal drugs. So really, it was an amazing study in uh, in contrast between the legal market and the black market. And they wonder why people do illegal drugs. <laughs> Right. Well, I was going to drink, but I couldn't find any, so I got some MDMA yep, instead. Yep, exactly. So then we left Toronto. I don't think, is there anything else you wanted to cover before we Not leave really. Toronto? So we were leaving Toronto, and we decided that we were going to try to sneak out of the country just to see what it was like. And secondly, you had your passport situation. You didn't get a passport. You had only a driver's license and a social security card, which if you go to all the U.S. customs websites and you search the Internet, 
and you search for answers, you will find that they say all over the place that the Social Security card is not proof of citizenship. And the reason for that is because anybody who's not a citizen can also get a Social Security card, like uh, alien people or something like that. Alien people. I don't know what they, I don't know what they call you know, I don't know what the legal term for it is. Legal, it illegal aliens or no, alien, well, just, uh, legal aliens. Non-resident aliens. That's it. That's yeah. it. Non-resident aliens. So, so that's I don't like, think illegal people can get a Social Security card. That's the reason why it's not accepted as a proof of citizenship. So Julia was concerned, like, oh my gosh. What if they don't let me back into the country? Well, they'll probably let you back in, but they might detain you I, yeah. for four hours while I they ask I figured I was either going to get detained and butt raped, or I was going, <laughs> or they were going to give us crap about it, pull the car over, and tear the thing apart. Right. So, uh, and, and again, based on the answers we could find online, that seemed like the most likely situation. So we figured, all right, let's try to leave the country, try to get back into the United States. Without going through one of the big channels, let's not go back the way we came in. Let's not go through Niagara, Niagara Falls where you have to go across a big bridge. Let's go over to Montreal. And then there are several different entry points at that point because you're no longer – from there's between no Toronto, water. Right. Between Toronto and Montreal, if you look at a map, there's a big – there's a, a lot of water. So there's no places to cross between Toronto and Montreal. So we had to drive all the way over to Montreal. Which was a nice drive, by the way. In fact, it was actually nicer driving in Canada than it was in the States. Yeah. We didn't see a single cop, for instance, on the way um, the way back. Actually, there might have been a cop like helping someone on the side of the road, but right. we didn't really see any, anything much else beyond no. that. And uh, so we felt safer driving in Montreal. I mean, we had a nice uh, nice big joint that we'd uh, rolled up for, for the trip back. Oh, boy. And, uh, <laughs> and I so, hope the person driving wasn't smoking marijuana. No comment. Uh, the, uh, and, that would be me. And I got to tell you, I'm an excellent driver on drugs. Oh, God. So, I am so experienced in that arena. So we're driving back and... Kids. We, don't try this at home. <laughs> we get to uh, we get to Montreal and we're going down, going south and driving back through the back roads. So instead of taking uh, I-89 or whatever it was, which is kind of the main way that people go across, we drove back through some of the back roads for a while and we came to um, this out of the way kind of crossing point. I have never been so far in the middle of nowhere before. Like we you were live in New in, Hampshire, you've never been so far no, in the middle of nowhere. No, this was no, this was the middle of nowhere. The uh, we were in the middle of nowhere forever. It's farm country, you could smell the cows and all that, you know, the I love that. Everything. I don't. But anyway, uh, we figured that there was a chance. We had been told, uh, rumor had it that there was a chance that there were some entry points where there was nobody there. And turns out that wasn't true. I mean, there may still be. We didn't check them all. It was so late. It was like, what was it, 1 a, 2 a.m. Yeah. or something? So it was really late. Julia, you'd been driving for like 10 hours straight. And we got to this one point and we thought, oh, man, should we turn back? Because we saw the lights. We saw the, the station. And we thought, oh, should we turn around? Should we go and try another one? It was just, uh, it's too late. Let's just go and see what happens. So uh, so we went for it. Yes, teasing. Yes, I am teasing. Uh, okay. okay. Everything's fine. Anyway, so we went for it, and we'll tell you the rest of the story here in a moment. It's 800-259-9231. I can hear the music. Appreciate it, though. Glad you're looking out for Pound me. salt in your butt. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. You take control and bring up anything with your border experiences, too, if you want. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free to 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free. Enjoy those on us. And they include the archives. We've got an entire year's worth of the program right there on the front page of the website. 
So enjoy it all free on us, freetalklive.com. And the world's largest machine gun shoot and military gun show is October 10th, 11th, and 12th, all at Knob Creek Gun Range. It's fun for the whole family uh, with machine guns, flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides, and 800 tables showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. Opens at 9 a.m., 10 bucks per person. KnobCreekRange.com. That's K-N-O-B, CreekRange.com. All right, so just a few more thoughts here on our uh, trip to Toronto. And returning from Toronto, we drove through to return. We wanted to sneak, uh, hopefully sneak across the border. And we uh, drove from Toronto over to Montreal and then headed south at that point and picked kind of an obscure border crossing point just to see what it was like, see if it was any uh, easier than it would have been going through one of the main points. And uh, it was better. By the way, I should add that we did go... uh, we did go to the uh, to a gas station first, and we cleaned out the car, right? Because we well, we had some drugs in the car earlier in the week and wanted to make sure everything was okay. So we went and you know used the vacuum pump and all that and cleaned out the car first. Then we headed through the back roads, approached uh, one of the uh, approached the border crossing point. Hardly anybody's on the road. Nobody's at the border crossing point. We thought about turning around and trying another point to see if there really was one that was completely unguarded, but it was so late we figured, oh, the hell with this. Let's see what happens. And so we went We went up there, and Julia, you were driving. Yes. Again, with your glasses on, of course, uh, because it's important. You it look, fools people. Yes, you want to look respectable. Well, really, it is all about presentation. If mm-hmm. I had gone through there... Uh, looking like a drugged out teenager, they probably would have given us more crap, but we look like, you know, a group of dorky American kids who spent yeah. a weekend in Canada. Well, what was interesting, though, was the guy never asked, and they did ask more questions coming yes. back in than they did and in And they were more, like, scary and trying to be intimidating. Right. Like, he had a buddy come out, and they kind of surrounded the car a little bit, walked around, like, right. looked at things. They did pop the uh, the hood yep. of the trunk or whatever, and uh, the hatch, and they did go through oh, a couple of things. Oh, you know what things. else I thought was really weird was when he made the comment about the bike. He Or the bike, because we bike have a rack. bike rack, and he, yeah. he said, where's the bikes? Like, it's not normal <laughs> to have a bike rack with no bike bikes. Rack. Right. Uh, uh, I'm lazy and I haven't taken it off. Yeah, we don't ever take it off. And so, so he did run all the names though. One of the di- we're talking about the key differences here between what happened when we were going into Canada and when we were leaving. When we went into Canada, they held the passports. The guy held the passports in his hand and didn't even look at them as he asked a, a handful of questions. The other guy in the United States, the U.S. Border Patrol guy, asked a lot more questions. And he did take the time. You could see him punching the yeah. passport info into the computer. But remember, one of the main reasons we were trying to sneak across was because you didn't have a passport. Yeah. And we were really concerned because it says on their website that if you don't have a passport and if you don't have a proof of citizenship, then you're going to be in trouble or whatever. You know, you can't get back in, basically. Or they're going to detain you and harass Bad things you. will happen. Yeah, it's yeah. supposed to be really scary. I handed him my social security card with it. And he's like, no, I don't want that. I just want your ID. Right, so he looked at her driver's license, and he didn't even say anything about, you're going to need a passport next year, or you need to have a proof of citizenship. I mean, he he could have raked you over the coals for it. He didn't. So would would you have gotten a different treatment if it was a more public border crossing, if it was one of the bigger uh, locations? Maybe so. I was surprised that he didn't ask why we took that back road. Yeah, I was shocked as to why he didn't ask that question. I thought for sure he was going to ask. Yeah, they don't get a lot of people coming through there, and certainly probably not loads, you I know, had, a carload of young I, I mean, people. I was ready to answer that question. I, I had, like, been looking at city names, like, mm-hmm. in that area, and I was going to say, well, we we were visiting a friend in blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but he didn't ask. No. 
so he ran the names, and as you said, his buddy came out and sort of surrounded the car. They went through, they opened the hatch, and they opened a bag, and they looked in it briefly. They lifted that up, opened the bag beneath it, looked in it briefly, and then they stopped. They closed the hatch, came back around, gave the passports back, and that was pretty much it. We were on our way, weren't we? Did I miss anything? No, it was... It was really easy to get back in. I, he I felt wasn't like. as rude as he could have been either. No, I mean, he, he wasn't. wasn't. I mean, he certainly wasn't as as friendly as the Canadian guy, but he obvi- he didn't have a stick up his butt like so many uh, bureaucrats yeah. do. He was actually that was the most pleasant coming back into America experience I've ever had. Yeah. So, so much for the claim that it's a real crackdown at the border. And I'd also like to point out that on the Canadian side, there was nobody. So apparently, like on the Canadian side, they go to bed at 9 o'clock. It looked as though there were nobody. I didn't, we didn't look too closely. It looked but the kind lights of were vacant. Off, yeah. and so I think that's what we had been told. I think what we had been told is that the Canadian sides of these things actually shut down. Shut da- shuts down. You know, it's, oh, hey, nobody's coming, eh? Let's go mm. home. And so, <laughs> so if you want to sneak into Canada... Then go, try one go of those, to Vermont. Yeah, try go try going through Vermont and see what it's like at two in the morning going into Canada. I bet you there'll be nobody there. And as far as getting back into the states goes, um, I we would, didn't have a tough time. But then yeah. again, as you say, we were looking respectable, and uh, they were obviously lazy. That's I think one of the major factors is that yes. even though the bureaucrats are going to claim, and you're going to see news stories about, oh, there's a crackdown. They've got more sensors. They've got more guards. I mean, this is what the story was before we left. They've got more bureaucracy at the bureau, at the border, the Canadian border. So look out, Americans. Well, you have to always remember that the bureaucrats are lazy. Like they, there may be more bureaucrats, but they're still lazy, and they don't really want to search through your entire car. They don't really want uh, to go through all of that effort. No. In uh, Penn and Teller, one of their episodes, the the BS episodes on on Big Brother, I believe. Um, I always really liked what he said about basically incompetence is what saves you. Their incompetence keeps us safe. It is one of the reasons why they don't grow at a as a at a clip that they could. It does, it is one of the certainly the main reasons why they aren't as effective as they could be. And it's maybe the main reason why we didn't have as much trouble as we could have when we were coming back. Whenever you cross a border or, or get pulled over and let a cop search you, if your trunk is full of crap, they go through one thing and then they're like, yeah, screw this. And then there just, are some exceptions to that rule, though. I mean, you never know when you're going to meet a surly, to, angry bureaucrat. Wants to wants throw to, it all on the ground yeah, and wants then make to you teach you a lesson and make you pick it all up, which... It's always a possibility. And but also, if there had been a, a brown guy in the back seat, things might have gone a little differently. Maybe may true. He so, did. Ian, um, in thinking about uh, this border crossing, I was I was kind of wondering to myself, why didn't you just crack the window and talk to the bureaucrat through it? Well, it wasn't oh, uh, just me, Mark. It was yeah, uh, and we our ha- vacation, and uh, obviously we're interested. I in told doing Ian that. if he got me arrested, I would I'd, I'd break up with him. Oh, so he could have. I pre-established that Ian, other than civil disobedience. Mark, I think we explained last night, Mark, that there's a pr- an appropriate time for certain behaviors and appropriate time for not. And so uh, when people are ready to take those steps, they we should We had other them. people with them. I did right. not want to get my friend detained. Not putting um, anybody else yeah. on the line for a, a little experiment. That would have been pointless, right? Do you agree with that, right, Mark? Oh, I, I yeah, I think so. I think you should uh, just be careful what you advise young men to do. I don't think I advised anything unusual. I told our gentleman caller last night that uh, there's an appropriate time and place, and I told him I thought that New Jersey was an inappropriate time and place to be doing the things he was doing. Yeah, at the so end of that, you did. Yeah. All right, so that's our trip to Toronto, and uh, good time, and the, we were pretty much left alone by the state. Well, except for the parking ticket, which 
You still haven't paid yet? No. All right. 800-259-9231. Lauren Canario, our friend and super activist here in New Hampshire, arrested today by the feds. Uh, she is currently in uh, some sort of federal holding detention center, and we'll give you the update on her case. Plus, Mark, you've got, I think, an email or something like that we're going to get to. And your calls as well about anything you want. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. All you have to dial is this toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us, including the live streams, broadband version, dial-up version. We've got a webcam, too. Go to listen.freetalklive.com. You'll see it all. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Travel less? Meet online. Try WebEx free. Go to WebEx.com and enter promo code 600 to start your free trial of WebEx. That's WebEx. W-E-B-E-X.com. Enter promo code 600 and start your free trial of WebEx today. So we talked about our experience at the border and uh, invited you to actually share yours if you've had them. Is it as bad as they say it is? That wasn't our experience. We go to, and I think that's a good thing, by the way, uh, we go to... Oh, I'm quite glad. I don't want anyone to think we're critiquing them and saying they should crack down. Uh, please, <laughs> you should be... Um, shut. Go ahead and shut down, actually. Just shut the entire border department down. It's not like they were actually doing anything. No, they really weren't doing very much. Uh, let's go to Bill in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Bill. Hello, hello, people. How are you guys doing today? What's on your mind? Well, I, I actually have uh, a couple of questions, one for you, Ian, and one for uh, Julia. Okay. Uh, for, first question to you, Ian. Uh, did you by chance give them the Freeman identification card? <laughs> no, there is no Freeman identification card. You know, I had so much going on this weekend, I honestly, I would not have allowed that to happen. <laughs> There was. I, I don't have such a thing. I don't. Right. Well, I wasn't even trying to do stuff like that. So. What no. Well, this leads to my second question, and this is directed towards Julia. Do you, by chance, have a Spanish surname? What? Do you have a Spanish is, surname? Is, is your last name uh, of Spanish origin? It is. Yeah. It is. Okay. Well, then it shoots my theory because I, I, I have this feeling that the uh, border patrol people are just cracking down on brown people. If you guys were brown people and were speaking in Spanish, I would guarantee you, you would have had much, much harder oh, sure. time getting across, across the border. Absolutely. Which, but but it's not just, you know, the borders, ex, the excuse for the border patrol and the crackdown, especially at the Canadian border, is doesn't have anything to do with uh, with Mexicans or people that speak Spanish or brown people as much as it does, I guess it does brown people, uh, as much as it does the terror threat, right? That's the idea that's coming. The terrorists are moving, uh, they're landing in Canada and coming across the border, and that's why we need to crack down. So the, it's not as, uh, they're using the terror scare for the northern border, and they're using the immigrant scare for the southern border for the most part. And really, it's quite clear that as long as you can recruit your terrorists to be white, uh, middle-class-looking Americans... And I'm sure that terrorists haven't thought of that yet. Right? Uh, Oh, wait a minute. Uh, Wasn't Timothy McVeigh a white 
Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, we got to watch out for redheads too. Right. So the the point here is, uh, as long as you've got a, as long as you've got white people in your terrorist organization, you can send a few carloads, and probably a ninety to a hundred percent of them. As will As long get as they have glasses and boobs. Yeah. Whatever it is that uh, you've put in the back, it could be loaded with fertilizer or whatever. Uh, you know, bomb making materials. As long as you put it deep into the car, they're not going to catch it. So clearly, well, the government has done uh, nothing at all to stop terrorist attacks from occurring. If if somebody wants to attack something, blow something up in the United States, not only can they get the materials they need uh, from the local hardware store, but they can certainly bring them across the border if that is a necessary component to building the bomb. There's nothing stopping them from doing it. Well, it, this brings to my little story that I, I've had an experience with Border Patrol, but this was way before the uh, 9-11 occurred. This was like in the uh, early 90s. Um, I was still living in California at the time, and I was coming back. Uh, from uh, Tijuana, and uh, my my father had this bright idea that we get uh, fruit on the cheap on on one side of the border, and we'll just take it on into California. Mm-hmm. Well, then we thought it was a good idea until we approached Border Patrol and they asked us if we had any nuts or fruits. And of course, my dad had to get smart, but and say, well, no, just the nuts that are in the, in the, in the motorhome. Um, <laughs> but uh, when we disclosed that we did have fruit on board. They stormed, I kid you not, two uh, officers, or I guess they're officers, they they asked permission to board the, the motorhome, which was my dad's first mistake of granting that. But then they yep. drew their weapons Oof. at us because we had illegal fruit <laughs> in the back of an RV. That's crazy. Um, so, you yeah. know, California has those all over the state. You come in from Nevada, and the same thing, you know, you have to go through the same fruit sort station? of... Yeah, fruit station? Yeah, fruit scanning <laughs> stations. <laughs> crazy. Very yeah, good, that's sir. so. Yeah, that's uh, so. It's it, they're not just cracking down on 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 the terrorist people now. You got to worry about the fruit coming in because it could be contaminated. You know, and to show you how uh, this you know this is arbitrary enforcement is they drew a gun on you uh, for your fruit situation. Mm-hmm. I came into Nevada or from Nevada to California with fruit that I had purchased in another state, and you know the lady's like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, I told her I've got fruit. I showed it to her in the bag. Yeah. She did not take Too my lazy. fruit from me. She um, allowed me to keep it, and right. you know, uh, that that's it. I mean, she thought you were cute. I think nope. she did. They, nope. they all Mark, do. There's a woman Mark on the planet. Just, yeah. No, Mark just uh, bribed the chick by showing her his back. That's it was, all the, it was. was the winning smile. He took off his shirt, and well. Yeah. Anyway. It's really totally, like you say, it's completely arbitrary. And Bill, thanks for the call. It's completely arbitrary, and you never know who you're going to get. You could get a surly, angry bureaucrat. You could get a younger, newer bureaucrat. This guy was pretty young when we were coming across. I don't think he had really an old didn't. little buddy, though. It doesn't matter friend, whether they're surly or not. One of his co Well, I think it is a factor. I think the longer you've been doing that, I feel like uh, the the worse. They sort of get like they kind of get bitter after a while. Yeah, if you've been a bureaucrat for ten years or twenty years, you're probably more likely. Think to about be more your jaded. really old high school teachers. You know the ones that had been babysitting these brats for twenty years. They were always just I miserable that, and let people run wild and cranky. The young and, teachers are thinking they can change the system. Right. And come no, in I think that young people relate to young people and old people relate to old people best, and that's Maybe. that's what you've got. So yeah. it's a general, just a general, generational. Although I am issue. very good at talking to old people. Also, I don't know what would have happened. I mean, as far as like trying to actually get terror like real terrorists uh from the middle east through one of these border checkpoints if those guys went through one of the back roads and had two guns and uh stopped at the border checkpoint the border guys come out 
pop the two border guys. I don't think there's any more than two of them working there at that time. Odds, um, yeah. odds are real slim that anybody's sitting there monitoring any camera feeds. I mean, there's probably cameras, so they're probably going to get your license plate as you're going through if you do not, something not like if you that. Don't, uh, not, not if you don't. Not if you have, have uh, yeah, have a covered license right. plate. Uh, and so, which and if ours gonna, is actually covered pop, by the bike rack, pretty if you're much. If you pop to uh, border guards, you probably have uh, covered your license plate. Right, and so it would not be a problem to brute force one of these uh, little border crossing stations in the middle of Vermont. Uh, just, just to let you know, would not be a big deal at all. Uh, so, not that I'm suggesting anyone do those things. I'm just telling you, there ain't no border, border security. It's a big joke. 800-259-9231. We go unscreened to the amp line. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. Hi, this is Cynthia. Hi, Cynthia. What's on your mind? Um, well, uh, I want to talk about some civil disobedience that I finally got busted for. Really? <laughs> but um, speaking uh, about the Canada borders, I actually tried to um, go sort of uh, visit slash live with someone in Toronto, it was probably a couple months after 9/11, mm-hmm. and when um, I went through the first time, they're like, yeah, "It kind of looks like you're going to live here, and you know, we don't really, uh, you can't really do that." And he said, "Maybe if you didn't have so much stuff." <laughs> he was giving so you tips. I got rid of, I got rid of a lot of my stuff, and then I went to another entrance, and she took me into another room, hmm. and she said. Um, you may never come back here again. Oh, really? So I'm sort of like banned from going Why? to the socialist border because it just I was being sneaky, and so they I was sort of blacklisted basically. So this oh, was man. into Canada, Canada, or into um, the United into States? Canada. Oh, into Canada. Well, yep. And then, join the club. I, mean, I can't either. <laughs> but it was uh, it was uh, it was interesting because then on my way back. Um, I got to take the taste of just how nasty the on the U.S. side they are. I mean, just sort of like this woman who wasn't really sure if she was a man or a woman. And she was just, <laughs> you know, just so like asking these questions just for the sake of trying to intimidate, showing yeah. me that she's she in charge. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, what's the civil disobedience, Cynthia? Okay. Well, a couple of months ago, I had shared with you that. Um, the civil disobedience that I chose to do was to um, not register nor inspect my vehicle. Oh. And um, so it was sort of, um, I was baiting them because I and had... You, did you buy the vehicle in New Hampshire? Uh, yeah. Okay, let's get back to this here in moments. We're going to get some details from you. We'll find out what exactly happened. Sounds like uh, they caught her. And what is she going to do next? Sounds like it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. Oh, I didn't turn Julia's mic on. Oh. <laughs> and Julia. <laughs> and Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. Enjoy those on us. Uh, again, freetalklive.com. We're going right back into your phone calls here. Cynthia has been waiting, and she's in New Hampshire, telling us about a little bit of civil disobedience. You had, I guess, purchased a car, Cynthia, and you decided to not register it in New Hampshire. Is that right? Oh, I've had this car for a while. Oh, so, oh, so you just, allowed registration was, to expire? Oh, yeah. Ah. So it was, uh, you know, it was a couple of months ago, and it was time to re-register, you mm-hmm. know. And so I started driving around, and I'm like, I'm just a, a target because, 
everyone else has these bright blue stickers, and, and I had this faded orange or yellow. Oh, yeah, they were going to get you. You should have taken the right. sticker off. <laughs> so what I did was I, um, you know, I said, oh, these Post-it notes are the exact same color. <laughs> so I, I put a Post-it note up in my windshield, which was great for keeping track of gas mileage, and then I put little ones on the back of my license plate. So it was uh, it was uh, the, the small amount I could do to have a peace of mind while I was driving. Okay. And um, so, uh, you know, throughout the rain, I, I'm sure that they, they, they look pretty bad. So Sunday, this past Sunday, um, I was uh, getting ready to go somewhere with my daughter. And I turned a corner, and all of a sudden I saw, you know, a blue light car behind me. You know, the lights weren't oh. on. But I was like, oh, oh, I got a feeling. So I yep. pulled over into a parking lot, and then he, he followed me. So I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure he didn't notice that they were not legit. I think he noticed it before because I parked my vehicle in a sort of a, an easy-to-spot place. So I'm sure he was driving around going, oh, my God, what is she doing? Mm. And so I, rather than rolling down my, uh, my window two inches... <laughs> I actually jumped out of the Jeep and went Ooh, to him. That makes him <laughs> nervous. Sometimes that makes them nervous. I like that approach myself. I've seen it, I, I, yeah, I've seen them uh, draw down on people yeah, for this, that. It's an yeah, interesting so, approach. You know, Did he yell at you? Most aren't women. Did he yell well, at you? No, he was that? like, um, he was like, uh, can you get back in the car, please? And I'm like, what's the problem? Well, just, but, but I know why, because he probably thought I was going to peel off the stickers. No, I you think know, that the, the cops are scared. When you get out of your car like that, it's unusual, right. number one, and they're yeah. frightened that you're going to shoot them or something. Not to, I think what it really is is that when they're standing above you looking mm, into your car, point. they are the authoritative position in, in the situation, and I think they really like that. And when you get up and come to them, it sort of says that you've taken charge, and yeah, they don't like the that. Tables. Yeah, they yeah. don't like yeah. that at all. So, um Anyway, so I went back in, and um, what they generally do is they call their supervisor because they can't do anything on their own. And, you know, he was just sort of a, this is a Sunday, you know, shift, and, mm-hmm. you know, so he's just sort of got the, the, the lame hours. So he eventually came back, and I gave him my papers, and I looked at him, and I said, um, just so you know, because he asked me about them. He says, oh, that doesn't look real. And, of course, he had known this from before. He couldn't, he, there's no way he could just tell. I said, just so you know, these aren't legit. I'm doing this for a reason. So I wasn't trying ah. to, you know, pass them off as yes, being, so being a forgery. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, oh. And so he went back, and, and finally he came back, and he said, um, you know, it's not registered. You know, you have to, you can't just drive around with that. I says, well, oh, really? you know, I, I don't believe in this. I don't believe in the system, and I don't believe in supporting it. He said, but you're depriving the state of money. <laughs> depriving the state of money. That's money. hilarious. Like, he didn't even try to go to the public safety issue. He didn't no. even try to claim that it was the an issue of safety. The state just needs money. Yep. No. Needs your and money. So, and then and deserves my daughter it. was in the, the seat with me, which, <laughs> which is kind of a great buffer to have. You know? yeah. It really is. And so she's just sitting in the front. And um, so he said, uh, um, well, I uh, talked to my supervisor, and so... I'm going to give you uh, these two summons, um, you know, to to go to court for yeah. forgery. I'm like, well, they're not really forgery. He's like, well, you know, I could have handcuffed you, and I love it when they sort of pull yeah. that. Like, I could have done this. He's being your and buddy. And I says, then okay, do it. just so you, I said, just so you know, um, I'm, you know, 
part of some of these different liberty movements, and I'm sort of doing this for a reason so that I can sort of just exercise my philosophy and see what goes, and it's fine. Cynthia, you're a New Hampshire native, are you not? Yes. Okay. Now, just out of curiosity, Cynthia, do you have any idea what it would have been versus uh, putting the post-it notes in the uh, strategic places versus, um, you know. A hundred bucks. That was a hundred dollars for doing that? No, it would have been if you did uh, like no registration, no inspection, probably a hundred bucks. Okay, so so what's the forgery uh, situation? Um, probably the same, and that's what I'm going to get to. It'll be interesting to see how I can play it. So I told him, I said, um, I said, you know, this is what I do, and he was like, Oh, am I going to be on YouTube tomorrow? <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> and so I told him, I says, No, no, I, you need my permission. You know, I would have told you that I was videotaping you, so he. Not really that bright. He was aware, but not, you know, yeah. that aware. Um, and so he, um, I says, well, can you change it to the misdemeanor for the registration and the inspection? Because you're kind of messing with what I was trying to do. And uh, he says, no, no, I mean, I already filled out the tickets. Yep. So I said, uh, so he's tickets. like, well, I'm going to have to tow the car because you can't drive on the road without it being registered. I'm like, I've been doing it for two months. I don't think it's going to disintegrate or yeah. something. You know, it's just, so he, you know, they call the tow truck and then he took my plates mm. and I said, great. I says, where are these plates going to be? Oh, uh, you know, at the, uh, at, at the, the police station in the lobby. I said, how long are they going to be there for? Uh, three or four days. I said, three or four, uh, three or four days. So, you know, they, they sent my, um, they towed my car, which uh, coincidentally to my mechanic, which I get inspected there anyways. So that was kind of uh, convenient for me. So uh, Tuesday I went to um, the city hall. I, you know, I had to register my car to get my car back. So I, I really? you know. So, so your mechanic wouldn't let you have it? They, they were putting pressure on him? Like you couldn't get it out no, of his hands? No, not at all. But if I won my plates back. Then I had to, you know, get my registration and then bring my stickers and my registration to claim my plate. Hmm. So I went to the lobby and I said, um, a man with a gun took my plates and I'd like to please have them back. Here's my registration and my stickers. And the reception lady is very nice. And then she said something to the lady in the back and, uh, oh, I already sent those out this morning. And I said, <laughs> whoa. It, you know, officer said that uh, they would be here for three or four days. And well, that's like not my responsibility. Well, not, interestingly, they accused you of lying about your plates and your uh, uh, vehicle yeah, registration. Right? However, when the officer lied to you, what happened to him? Not a well, damn this, thing. Well, this, this was my point of contention. I said, he broke his word twice. I said, what are we going to do about it? They didn't want to handle me, so they called out a sergeant, and mm-hmm. I had to go in a private room with him. And Jeez. it was interesting because the original police officer wasn't the brightest. And this guy had the gumption sort of, of being a bright person. You know, he wanted to project that, but he was really full of contradictions. Like I could get him on one point, and then he would go back on it later. And I, I'm thinking, is this guy getting that I'm seeing these contradictions? And so he says, look, it's irrelevant. You know, you, you broke this crime. He says, even I wouldn't even have given you the plates back, even if we did have, have them. And I said, no, she was going to give them to me if she had them. And so I said, look. So I you break the plates. law once and you never get the plates back again? I mean, uh, so so <laughs> apparently they mailed them to Concord, to the, the DMV in Concord. 
And I called them, and they're very nice, and she's like, oh, they always do this. So apparently they, they mail them off on a whimsy, you know, right away, and then a week later they end up, you know, after they, um, they sort of, I don't know, file them with the warehouse and do the paperwork, and they end up mailing them back. And how long is this going to take? Taxpayers' expense. Right. How long is this going to take to nail down? I mean, to actually. Well, she said, "Oh, it's probably two weeks." She says, "Why don't you just go to the DMV in Dover, <laughs> and they'll assign you temporary plates." She says, "You tell them that the cops took your plates." But wait, how do you get your car back? You don't have your car back yet, right? Oh, my car's. I got it. Red, I got it uh, inspected. It's all set. I just can't drive it because I don't have the plates. So the the guy that runs the inspection shop won't let you drive it away. Well, there's no plates on it. I'm not going to drive it away. I see. He could care less. So you are going to go back into the system then at this point because you're tired of uh, dealing with the nonsense, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I uh, I mean, it doesn't cost much for me to register, and yeah. And so my 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 issue now is um, in going into court. I mean, I'd like to sort of. Milk this for all I can get. I think I would suggest we're out of time, Cynthia. I would suggest to okay. go to uh, go to nhfree.com, go to the forum there, post your experience, and then ask for some input. See what those folks say as to uh, which direction to go in, and that would be a good place to continue the brainstorming on this. And ke- uh, keep us in the loop, okay? Will you? I will. Thanks for the call tonight. It's Vinny in here with you, and Julia, and Mark. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.